Welcome to Wednesday Comics. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com and Supercon 2018, Return of the Con. Keep turning those pages. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, we have Craven Hunter himself, Alex Alexander. Hello, everyone. There's someone behind you. Ah. And across me, we have Hopgoblin himself, Garrett. Garrett, how you doing? Doing awesome. And I I am Rhino Marvin. <laughs> uh, Garrett, why Hopgoblin? Because he's the advanced version of Green Goblin. Is he? Green Goblin sucks so bad that Hobgoblin came in and fixed Hobgoblin versus Green Goblin. Who wins? Call your brother up and ask him. Green Goblin would win, probably. No, text seriously. Text your brother and ask him that question. He'll see. I don't know. That's hard. I would say he's a he's a hardcore. I would say Green Goblin would actually win because it's his original. At least in the cartoon, his suit was made from Hobgoblin's um, outfit, and then the the Goblin gas distorted it and turned it green. But is yeah, Hobgoblin doesn't he use Green Goblin stuff? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying Green no, uses Hob. Oh, okay. The Hobgoblin came first. I think he came first. Who did? Who came first? Hob- no, Hob- Green Goblin did. Really? Yeah. He's in the Gwen Stacy uh, storyline. Well, I suppose that's early. That's what, 191? Yeah. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> Hobby might come first. I just feel like, at least in the uh, show, it doesn't Hobgoblin come second and he just takes all his stuff. Yeah. Green Goblin because he finds it. So, like, if you talk OG, the guy who made it. That's Green Goblin. But Green Goblin is so crazy. He's like the Joker. He's a loose cannon. Hobgoblin yeah, doesn't... Yeah, you da, go loose da, cannon. Da, 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 da. Hobgoblin doesn't have that factor where he can just focus on the mission. He gets to be Deathstroke, Green Goblin. Dude, I'd rather... He goes in, finds a target, kills it. If you're causing chaos, you go Green Goblin. See, but I would agree. I actually like... I think everyone likes Green Goblin far too much that Hobgoblin is the wiser choice one. He's more stable. Uh, he's got the sweetest gear. But I don't. There's always the the pumpkin bombs. Who gives a shit? Dude, Have you seen that fucking awesome laser fire sword he uses yeah, as hobgoblin? That cloak, that that orange cloak. You're basically telling me you'd Bitch. rather be Joker's daughter than Joker. That's what you're saying. That's not even a That's thing. Exactly. Joker's daughter shouldn't even exist. No one even knows about her anymore. She's what? She's what? Wearing his face? Yeah. His yeah. carved off face. Dead. Dude. Uh, she's even crazier because she's wearing a face that by now uh, is probably molded to her face. She's dead. Is she, is she, it, is she gone? She, she, I don't know. I thought I saw dead. her recently in a book. Waste of, if we're thinking waste of space in that comic. Neo Joker from <laughs> White Knight. That's the only thing for New 52 I didn't get. Like We're rebooting this universe, but Joker won't be in it until he comes back in Snyder's Three run Jokers eventually. Later. They wanted to, the New 52, the first arc, they wanted new villains. That's why. That's why. It's so they got rid of him for a while. Uh, but then the second article, a lot of people got brought back and Joker just stayed hidden for a long time. But it worked out. Remember that when he comes back, it's kind of scary when he comes back as that person in uh, Arkham, then you don't know it's him and he's like, he turns yeah, out to be Joker. True, that was a good twist. It works. Oh, that's right. He was the orderly or whatever. Yeah. That was a great issue of Batman. That's a different kind of... Uh, it's weird thinking back to that Batman because at that time, that Batman was like... It was... Like uh, the best thing that was happening at the time, it was Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder's thing that like broke him out and was like, look at this guy. And now he's like, he's basically DC's like number one guy. And it's weird thinking back at that time that like how popular that was. And then now we have Tom King's Batman and it's kind of doing the same thing. Like, you know, like sometimes Batman has runs that aren't as 
it's weird that it hit you know it hit twice, and then before that you had Graham Morrison, so like three times in a row, you have these great storylines. So I just wonder who who comes next after do you take Tom that King. Job? Yeah, who do you take? Who do you? But take you know that the job? thing with Scott Snyder, the thing with Scott Snyder though is that he, he to me he feels like he's signing checks that he can't cash anymore. I'm, I'm reading J.O. I know. Okay, not, but slow down now. You did not say that about Batman, though. You liked his no, Batman. No, no, no. I'm saying that's but, what we're talking about here. Yes, I know now. I I'm agree. Saying, he I'm saying do, Scott Snyder now. Right. He I couldn't no, do no, what you're he right. did. New Fifty Two Batman. Holy shit! Is literally the best series in that whole New Fifty Two right. arc. JL back then was actually I liked that one. That was pretty Jeff good. Jeff Johns, Johns was good. Yep. But now when I read Scott Snyder, I'm like, dude, this isn't a. This is you're not the you're not the golden boy that you thought it to be. I would give Tom King right now the golden boy for who's making DC worth their time in reading. Yeah, but I, mean, I think Batman's gotten to his head a little bit, and he's like, I got all this prestige now. What can I do with it? It's weird that uh, he keeps escalating, being like, hey, I got to make this bigger and better. When what made those stories work uh, most of the time, like even his detective run before Batman, it was that they were so small scale and more about Batman as a character. And then now he keeps in Justice League, like his Justice League No Justice thing was like huge. And like, uh, um, what's <laughs> I forgot what it's called? Metal, what's it called? Metal. Yeah, Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal. Even that was like, oh, this is going to change the universe. It's like, dude, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, right. everything's not going to change Well, he the promises universe. things. He promises it before it even comes out. You know, let the book just sell. And see, then at that point, go, wow, you know what? Metal really was a game changer. And guess what? It's not. Did you ever read his Severed book? No. Scott? No. That book is great, fantastic. It's a horror book. I think it's like four issues. Like, that's the Scott that I miss. Like, the guy who wasn't, like, doing huge stories about like universe ending uh epidemics it was about like this guy this kid you know like the serial killer that was it was like circus times 1930s and this runaway kid and that's american vampire i don't know where american vampire is like all these stories and even Dead. american vampire started escalating but he like it had a group core group of characters that those books were about those characters so they still like had some grounded stuff in it I just find it weird that like he keeps escalating, and it's like, dude, that's not what you do though. Like, I, mean, I think he wants to be like Grant Morrison too much, and Grant Morrison can do that because Grant Morrison goes into a room and does peyote, uh, and is that what it's called? Yeah, and peyote, and then it comes out and goes, dude, I just fucking tripped out, and this thing's <laughs> gonna go into a comic book. You know what I mean? But at least when he does that and it comes out, the book is great. Yeah, so he's, he's doing something he right so. with it. That's the way Grant Morrison thinks, though. And Scott's I think, going into it and coming out and writing shit. And I know Scott like likes Grant Morrison. I think he wants to replicate that, but he's not. I don't think he's great at that. Like every story, like Alex was saying, that he like talks up like that, it never sells me on what actually is on the page. But if you think back to those stories, those Batman stories, like the greatest issue, there was that. What issue was that Batman story where he it was like on the streets? It was issue like it was one of the one shots, like fifty, I think, or like forty two, something like that. Uh, for in what range are you doing new 52 new 52 it was uh, that one where it was like about that kid who got shot riley rosmo's book. yeah oh what was that it? was one 40... of the greatest issues Shit. It 43 right be- yeah it was right before the end right before the last arc no 43 mm. is bloom so it had to be like 34 i think it was right before the last arc and it was one of the greatest issues of batman because it was like just saying like you know what happens to the people in gotham like can batman protect them all this kid gets shot in the streets uh, i think it was by police right it was like about a story about uh, police brutality and all that kind of stuff. So those are like the great stories. And I miss that, Scott. That's who I miss. Yeah. Like even like uh, when he does like these uh, kind of one shot stories and like anthology things, I'm like, that's the guy I want to read. And that's the guy who I started liking. And that's the same thing with Tom King. Like he does good in the stories. I just hope never we never get the Tom King that's like, hey, I'm going to make a event book. And it's like, no, you're not the guy who does that. Like, right. So I I think... I mean, dream team pick for who would take over Batman after Tom King would be Donny Cates, but I, he's obviously going to be tied up in Marvel for years. 
Um, I wouldn't mind if we were talking about Brian Hill before the show. Yeah, Brian I was, Hill. that's what I was going to say. Realistically, Brian Hill. I think that's yeah, the that's issue. 34. I think he's really growing some prestige in, uh, you know, writing Batman. That detective like run was awesome. Yeah, he was creating detective. Uh, I told you guys read Postal because he writes all that. Yeah, that's, yeah it, it's so good. Uh, I'll read that on Hoopla or somewhere free. I'm not going to go be crazy and buy it. I like Brian Hill, yeah. though. Michael Cray's been great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, and that's those kind of stories that I kind of want to see in Batman, like that more realistic kind of take and, like, quit doing. Well, now we're talking about Batman, but I mean, like, you know where Scott went with Justice League? Like, the Justice League I want to see also, like, you know, Grant Morrison on Green Lantern said he's going to make it more like kind of one shots and make it about this cop, space cop, go back to what it originally was. Go back to the Justice League and like it's supposed to be these guys teaming up together. Like when you watch that TV show, it's it's about the different kind of groups you can get together. It's not always about like the biggest baddest Justice League facing the biggest baddest bad guys. It's sometimes about you know Booster Gold teaming up with them, Blue Beetle teaming up with them, and then they go on adventures and like, hey, it's a good thing we brought this guy because he really fits for this kind of thing. And it's just, it's supposed to be an adventure kind of book. And I'm just tired of universe ending like kind of grand stuff. scale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Justice League should be. You know, especially with a new team like this, we should be getting small victories leading into a greater victory later on. Not, holy fuck, the biggest thing that you've ever seen is going to happen right now. Uh, that was actually a pretty good free talk, so we won't actually go into what I was going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, well, to be fair, you sound surprised that we can actually have a good conversation. Well, that came out of him uh, picking Hopgoblin instead of Green Lantern. I'm just... It just it's kind of weird how we just, uh, that's, that's why we do this show. Green Lantern. What did I say? You, you said, said Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Which one? Green Lantern Hobgoblin? <laughs> Green Lantern, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say, I would love that power ring. You would take, you know, if if you gave Hobgoblin the Green Lantern ring, though, he would just, like, insert a blade inside somebody and then just let it expand outward, so. Rootsoftheswampthing.com, your definitive online source for all things Swamp Thing. Uh, Holland Files number two is out. Garrett, how is it? Holland File 2s was awesome. A lot of cool like images that you haven't got to see in Holland Files number one, so definitely looking forward to finishing this bad boy. And that's not the only thing. If you want to learn more about Swamp Thing, Alex, where would you go? You're going to go to RootsOfTheSwampThing.com. Make sure to stay in touch at RootsOfTheSwampThing.com on Twitter at DCWorldSwampy, Facebook.com slash RootsOfTheSwampThing. Let's get into comic books real quick here. Uh, Gideon Falls number six, am I correct? This is uh, Andre- Andreo Sordino and uh, Jeff Lemire. Uh, boys, Jesus, you think Andrea Sorrentino, you think he ever looks at a comic and says, I'm going to phone this one in. This guy, this was, this is the best looking issue. <laughs> it was amazing. Some of the panel work in here. There's one page, 24 panels. It's like a two page one and the top two rows of panels of eight are smaller than the middle ones. That page I stared at forever and was like, this man is peak comic book art like when you when i try to explain to somebody like what's different about comics we're like why can't it be a movie or like why can't it be a book you show them this a comic and be like this is why this is what comics are like comic book art can be and this story keeps as like i think garrett said it perfectly uh when we reviewed like issue two something creepy with this book i don't know what it is it just gives that sense of dread yeah it's eerie and just you don't know like that's the thing is like you know in comics nowadays a mystery never lasts that long it it never does. And I mean, like Department H that had a mystery that did last quite a bit. And I feel like we're going to get the same thing here. Like we're going to get a lot of pieces, but we're never going to see the whole until the very end of this entire run. Is this ongoing? And that's what keeps it. I think I so. believe so. Cause yeah, issue I seven comes so. out in October. I'm hoping at least it's like a 14 issue run like Royal city where it has a story to tell. 
I didn't even go longer than that. There's so much backstory, so much that can be pushed into the series that I... Something about this book that I find really interesting, usually a lot of times when you get stories that have like that great mystery and like you're trying to figure it out, they kind of sacrifice character work for that. And I think these characters are great. Like I feel when the father goes in to save... Uh, was it this issue, right? Oh, sorry, I read yeah. like three and a half. Yeah, Wil- yeah Wilfred. They go in there to save him. Like I felt like worried for everybody involved that we've been seeing for this whole time because like there's these small little scenes that you see with them her father and the father and like talking and even the uh psychiatrist and uh what's the main norman norman like them talking like everything that these guys are involved with every time they go it's that sense of being like well okay like i don't want them to get hurt right and when we see like that weird scene um that the father goes through it's also like I hope he's not like lost there forever. Like th- it's kind of weird because usually they sacrifice that mystery or sacrifice character work because they're like, Hey, we got to pump up this mystery and who cares? Like nobody's going to pay attention to these people. Like they want to know the mystery. And it's like, no, in this one, Jeff Lemire, and we, we should know this. Like Jeff Lemire is great about building these characters and like, but also keeping that mis- mystery interesting. Like you said, it's not like, Oh, here all, all is each issue. We find out a little bit more, but then also there's like 15 more questions I get. So, uh, like seeing the world actually just makes it a little bit more interesting, but also a little bit more confusing. Being like, what's this thing now? Do they have like, what's this black barn? Is it some sort of alternate universe? There's a freaking uh, page where he jumps off the panel. Yeah. Onto a table. See, that part kind of disappointed me. Like I thought going into the black barn, like it would have been way more terrifying as we see the inside. I mean, at least a part of what we see on the inside of that black barn. I was like, once I was inside it with the Wilford character, that's the only part I was like, I don't know. Is this really that, the scary thing like i don't know i think it's kind of like madness a uh, madness personified yep right well i was wondering if it's, it's like per person because yeah. she because the the daughter hears something and she thinks that she's hearing her brother talk to her and so what if it's your your biggest fear um things that he can't quantify things that aren't faith-based things that he knows yeah. or believes in this is showing him all sorts of crap and he's right. just getting thrown around that you know here's your your two options that he's given is what a teddy bear and the answers to everything yeah well, I guess I got to go for the teddy bear because I want to save this girl. You know, he still has that humanity to him where the other option would have been probably goes down the rabbit hole even farther and then gets sucked into the black. It is like, like, I think it is what Alex said. It's like, what are your fears that I'm going to make sure that you experience them during this time? Uh, There is like when he jumps off that page, he's, he's thinking about like, what's beyond this? Like what really is going on? And then for that to happen, it's kind of like a meta moment. Be like, you're not, you really don't even exist. Like you're on this page and there's a part also when he is sitting there, that was his wife, right? Yeah. That he talks to? Yep. That his no, wife that died? was it his wife or a mistress? No, it was like, his wife. Like, okay. I, I think he talked about his or wife. A, or maybe, if it wasn't his wife, it was his love interest. Well, I mean, I knew it's a love interest, but I didn't know if it was literally like he was married at one point in time and he goes, well, this is wrong. But when he goes, it's wrong. It makes me think that she was uh, an escort of some kind and he keeps maybe. meeting her. And he goes, yeah. we can't keep doing this. This yeah, is I guess wrong. You're right. you're and right. then she like starts bleeding from her, her stomach and then she turns into... Uh, the girl that he's looking for, a detective, Sheriff? What's yes, her name? Sheriff. I don't uh, know what her name is. And, but also during that moment, like you said, it's like his anxiety and fears, like he was in this kind of uh, affair and maybe she got pregnant and that's what the bleeding is, is that maybe she lost the baby and then maybe that's why he came to fatherhood or maybe during the time he was a father. We don't know. Like these characters are still unraveling so we don't know exactly the specifics. But when they're in this world, yes, it seems like it basically, it's you're like you're on the fear toxin. It's like, what do you fear, and what do you, what makes you anxious, what makes you dread things, and that's what I'm gonna make sure that. And 
the people who go in there and like it, like this uh, guy who kill, ends up killing the deputy and shoots the sheriff in the stomach, this guy likes that feeling, being in there and be like feeling that fear. And like it almost is like kind of like Scarecrow. Like he likes that fear and he likes seeing and he's used to this. And like that's how he, he thrives in that universe. And maybe it kind of reminds me a little bit. Here's three things that reminds me of. I'm not sure if you got you guys seen seven, right? Yes. Yeah. The Norman part, that feels like a lot like Seven. I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just the color work and like those two trying to figure out this mystery. It also kind of feels like True Detective in a way because uh, it's out in the country like and, and it's kind of crazy going on. But yeah. also, if you ever read The Dark Tower, it feels really Dark Tower-ish because it's like instead of there's in the second book, The Drawing of the Tree, um, they go through a door to go to the universes and that's what the Black Barn feels like to me. It's like they go oh, between the universes. I thought you were talking about that boring one called the Gunslinger. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Everybody right Garrett and tell him to read the Dark Tower. He thinks the Gunslinger is boring. It's boring um, as crap. But I like everything about this book, I was reading it and I was like, God, I love this book. Six issues in and like you said, it could go forever or it could go 14. I'm not sure how long I'm going to go but I'm enjoying every single minute of it. Yeah, I'd give it a 10. I think the dread it, it gives, the, I mean, the art by Sorrentino, like those, that shadow work is incredible. Whenever you're in the black barn, like you would think like basically you could just paint red, but you can see the sketching of like the sides of the barn and you can see the artwork in there, not just blank space. Uh, that kills it. And Jeff Lemire, yeah, character development. I think he uses the characters to help with that mystery as opposed to, you know, just having people be involved in a mystery so that's what makes it way enjoyable there were there are three things for this book that i love one love the cover at least the cover three a things you guys got going what? what what did i say three i don't know you said i got three things i love about this week. like i got three things i love about this week. i'm like I well to be fair thing. i only remember two of them so. <laughs> <laughs> i have three that covered like the 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 monster big smiley goon yeah. thing he's not actually in this issue i want to see where him, normally he? he shows up and just and it's always that oh, turn yeah. of the I page about him. but he's on the cover at least for cover a um the other part was the the sheriff so she gets shot in the gut. I'm thinking, oh my god, really? We're gonna kill this woman off? To find out at the end, now I realize this is well, she's not dead. Like I was surprised. It was one of those things I expected for an image book to lose this character that we we're starting to like and be like, oh well, she's just gonna get flushed aside. We're gonna go to something else. I was like, okay, sweet. Someone didn't have to die. There's a third person that uh, Father Wilfred is talking to. Do we know who that is? The shadow figure. And who the one who's literally sitting oh, in like the big, calls? the big bad guy that, chair? See, I like that too. That was one of the questions I said. That even though we keep finding out more, there's more questions. He calls somebody and says, "He says, uh, why did you send me here?" Like he goes, uh, "Do you know about the? Did he mention the black barn?" Yeah, I think he does. He says, "There's a whole thing going on here about like the black barn." He goes, "Why did you send me here?" He goes, "You're exactly where you need to be." Right. Just like, oh, that is the? kind of creepy. Yeah. So what like, if they it, turn the lights on and it's that guy. It's like how big face? is this conspiracy? Ooh. Remember, that's what Norman he thinks is conspiracy to keep the black barn hidden. So does the church know about it? And yeah. they're trying to keep it hidden too. Like, what is the Black Barn? What is this other universe? Uh, what is this shadow character? And also, um, I find it interesting, like Alex was saying, like the sheriff lives, but she still doesn't believe like any of this. Like she thought she was like hallucinating mm-hmm. and all this stuff like that. Yeah. The father is a little skeptical, but he also believes a little bit. And then her father is fully in. So you got this nice dynamic of somebody who believes it fully, somebody who's like halfway, and then somebody who doesn't believe it at all is very skeptical. Well, Father Wilfred has to believe it now. Yeah, so he he's he's it. seen things that he can't explain. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's true. So but he also is, you know, a man, he's of, the, he's a man of the cloth where he's like, hey, you know what? Uh, I, believe in, I believe in a higher figure. What's to say there isn't a, a demon like this type of thing? So now you got this kind of X-Files thing going on where one person believes and one person is, uh, is very skeptical. And I remember my third thing. Yeah. Uh, so... 
if Andrea Sorrentino was working on this during Secret Empire, by all means, you could have called in that Secret Empire because this book, I mean, we were talking about the 24 panels. He literally knows it's a he's a guy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I like I know them, but I just want to make he's sure. Italian. He's Italian. Of course, my people. Sorrentino. <laughs> uh, Pastrami. He is he is li- probably one of the best at the obscure pictures like in yeah. uh, old man logan yeah where you're you're trying to read this book and it's effed up when you're following the dragon scales like okay this book it reads right and it looks great uh there's so many panels in this book there's so many pages that I just go holy crap you you're right i don't phone it in 100 percent work this book was a 10 you actually reminded me though because on secret empire he kind of like did phone it in or maybe that wasn't his kind of not phone yeah, it in it was but so maybe that wasn't for him i think he was rushed yeah. that wasn't for him like they were like hey we want you because you're doing good at work but then they also like they restrained him when yeah, you they have grid locked him when you unrestrain this guy you get this work mm-hmm. and like this issue is amazing because he puts uh, details and faces, even when it's the the twenty four panels, minute things that he's pointing out, and he does he's oh, yeah. favorite at it when yeah. he wants you to look at something. Here's where you're looking. Here's the zone into this thing. But here's what the big picture looks like. Oh, just it's the it's best. A very cinematic way of drawing. Like when they're in that field, and they come up to the place where it's all flattened out, and he circles them so you can see them, and then he like zooms in on them. God, it's so great. And that's the thing about now. So I just noticed it. I don't know if you noticed it at the end of the book. This is the end of book one. It says. Yeah. So this is like the first arc, and then the next one's not coming out for a couple months, October. It's coming back for Halloween. And uh, so if you are listening to this, you're like, hey, this sounds pretty cool. Get this trade. I'm pretty sure that's why there's like a month break. There's oh, a trade it'll probably out. come out next month or yeah. maybe the month that it comes back. So I'll look it up here that. in a second. But this thing, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm. I love this whole series. Like, uh, I, we talked about the year Jeff Lemire was last year. And this so far this year, we're eight months in. I'm pretty sure this is he's going to repeat. We're working on a dynasty <clears> right now. This guy. is rhyme. <laughs> I don't like he. I read something. I don't know if it was on Twitter or where he <clears throat> did this interview recently, but he was talking about his work ethic and like he doesn't work in his home because he knows he won't get any work done. He goes out to a studio and spends like eight hours working because he like has a normal, even though he doesn't have a normal job, he keeps a normal schedule because he knows otherwise you go at home and then you're like, hey, I'm not going to work today because something else came up and you you lose time by being like making excuses for yourself. And he said, so he's kind of built this habit for himself where he doesn't feel right if he's not writing and he feels like he's wasting time and he kind of gets anxious about it, being like, man, I'm wasting time. And it proves it. Like this guy is the, he keeps a consistent schedule. I don't think his books have ever been delayed uh, recently, last two years at least. Yeah. It's been great, fantastic, all his work. He was a, who do mini series to do ongoings and this guy is fantastic. Well, and he's in everything. He's independence. He does Marvel, does DC. He's drawing Royal City while he's at it too. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this and then to come in, he's coloring that book. He's doing everything with that book. Or he's on, doesn't he? No, that's Matt Kent. I was thinking Black. And Batch. so, well, I was going to ask you. Yeah, are Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire? You think like best friends? <laughs> they are very similar. Their art style because they literally got same poorly. art style. They both are dedicated to a story. Like Department H, great. I have a feeling Black Badge is going to be spectacular. I know that Matt's not right or drawing it, but art or. Words and script-wise, it's great. Yeah. yeah, I'm reading Sweet Tooth, and there's a Matt Kent arc where Jeff Lemire is still a part of it. But I think Matt Kent's doing the art. It's like, dude, you guys are just killing it. Blow my mind. Um, I do have an update from hashtag Guest Host One. He says Green Goblin for sure would beat gotcha. Hobgoblin. So, yeah, but he's just yeah that that clown just that's all I read is Green Goblin. He doesn't know that Hobgoblin is the better version. Gideon Falls Volume 1 The Black Barn comes out on October 23rd, 2018. It's probably the same day the issue comes out. Yeah, so get that because the newest (laughs) issue, this thing is fantastic. 
it is definitely a series, even though there's a lot of great panel work and sometimes it might be a little, if you're a new reader, kind of hard to read, but I would say if you're looking for peak comic books, you have a great artist called Andrea Sorrentino and you have Jeff Lemire, uh, the year of Jeff Lemire once again. Round two. Uh, round two. If we get to year three, it's, we're going to start calling up the dynasty. We have to. It. I I think at that point in time, if he's on the, the third year of amazingness, fucking drop he one of other books. He <laughs> definitely right Jeff now, Lemire. as somebody who strives to like be creative, I look at him and be like, that's what I want to be. Like, yep. yeah. Great stories. You have a work ethic that like you keep up with it. And it's you can change your voice so much from this horror comic and then Royal City and then he's doing Terrifics which is kind of like a Silver Age like fun thing he's and got like, Black Hammer and he's Black got Black Hammer he just, which is like his own superhero universe and he can jump around so much and he never ever feels uh, I think uh, what's the newest book you just put out and you're like it doesn't feel like I don't know there's somebody else never excuse me but also it never feels like this is Jeff writing this some people you read them and you go this is this person writing this book Scott Snyder does a lot I'm like this is Scott like I know who it is but. Jeff Lemire never feels like it's Jeff Lemire writing. It always feels unique to that story. Well, and he knows how to write supers. He knows how to write horror. He does know how to write comedy as Plastic Man from Terrific. So. Yeah. Or if it's just Royal City and just about human interaction. And family drama. Family drama. It's great, too. 10 out of 10. Yes. 10s for all three of us. Yep. So we also got Wild Storm, number 16, written by Warren Ellis and art by John Davis Hunt. So we're back into what's the... John Thunder book was his name. I don't remember. Thunder book, Lynch, yeah. Lynch, Lynch. Yeah, Lynch. It's John Lynch. He so is uh, going finding Team Seven, right? Finding all these aliens. He's finding the Thunder book experiments. Yeah. And so that's what he runs into this issue. He runs into, I forgive me, I don't remember what her name was. Jenny Mae Sparks. Is that what her name The crazy lady upside down? Oh, no, not her. No, that's, I'm thinking Godly of. powers. Sparks, isn't she the one in the mechanic girl? Yep. Yeah, Who's she lives on the, the internet. Mob family to come fight her. She's gonna beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I this book. You know what? I'm not. I'm on the fence. I think this book looks great. Um, I like the. What's the right word? I'm gonna say political, and it's probably not r- the right term. But there's there's political uh, things amongst these factions. Gloria Spalding is that lady? Is the lady on the yeah. ceiling? Okay. I. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat you are, Garrett. I'm, I'm going to see this book through. It's mm-hmm. eight issues left. What's the big deal? But there's... <clears throat> it's getting lost in itself a little Kinda. bit story-wise. But I will say this issue did bring me back into the fold a bit because the art was amazing. And you know that's kind of what we look for is when you let art tell the story. I think there was maybe uh, eight pages in this book where there was no text whatsoever. It was just art propelling the story, and that was really fun. Um, I think, you know... They should almost just call this Wild Storm Eye versus Skywatch. If you know it's just two organizations fighting each other, yeah. the con everything else kind of becomes secondary. So um, I went into this book being the same way. Like I'm like, oh, I'm kind of getting sick of the story. Like it's just it's kind of reminding me of Paper Girls when it was in that time where it was just like, what the fuck is going on? I see. I don't find it that confusing. I know what's going no, on. No, I just said I don't find it confusing anymore. Oh well, I I was even when I was reading the other issues, like I caught up on. 14 through 16, three issues. I thought you were going to say I read 14 issues. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. Um, <laughs> you should have dropped this book. <laughs> even reading those, like I was never confused. It's just that I feel like it's it's weird for a 24-issue series to feel like it's still ramping up at issue 16. Yeah. It feels... I mean, this was always to like build this universe and they're supposed to have books that come out of this book. Like They're going to have like a you know Wildcats book. They're going to have Hell like yeah. a, a authority book come out of this. We met uh, Jenny and uh, what's her name? Their robot... 
uh, oh, Angela Spica. They met. Mm-hmm. To, they're they're part of authority. So like they met in this issue finally. And so like there's all these books that are going to come out of this book, obviously, and that's what it's building to. But it feels weird that it felt like the first. What was the first? Uh, the first twelve, right? Yeah. The first twelve felt like it built to something, and that's what it was. And this one doesn't feel like. I know we're only four in, but it doesn't feel like it's building to anything. It still feels like it's like just going along. But maybe yeah. that's what the whole point is. So the first half of it was the Wildcats-esque thing, because Grifter's part of that. Yeah, because um, you haven't seen them since well, we've seen. I think we've seen... Well, Grifter's getting Cole his own miniseries. Once. That's probably why. Yeah. Papa will get that book. Um, I, I think maybe that's the thing. is that I want those characters that we've been introduced to. I realize Angela was in it, or what was her name? The Engineer? Yeah. We've we've met her, and you know, at the end of this issue, we get to see that she's her powers are getting even better. She's getting to be able to make a weapon out of her hand, out of her robot hand, and she even goes, "I need to see how things work to make it." It's like, sweet, I love the science. That's exciting for a guy who wants logic. That makes sense. That's to me. what I do like about this book a lot. It's very logical, and it's like the action scenes are very realistic, but not realistic. Being like, yeah, that's like that couldn't happen. It's still realistic, but stylish. Yeah. And almost like John Wick in that kind of way. Yeah. And uh, so it, in each issue, I think the last four had like one action scene at least. So that I really, I really did enjoy that. And the artist John Davis Hunt is fantastic. It looks great. But I think Warren Ellis does get kind of lost in like, let me uh, explore this for like four issues. And it's like, okay, well. Well, that was the problem with uh, not infection, injection. You got this, mm-hmm. the start of a great story, but then he moves on to other things. He tries to do the Hickman of laying the groundwork, but you still have to stay he never grounded. Goes, yeah, he never goes back. And, to mention it again right, until yeah. you're 80 issues away and you're like, okay, I don't remember, remember how we this got thing? to this. Yeah. Oh, you mean from issue one? That was like five years ago? Yeah. No. So there are, there are things that I, I like this book. I think it's really, it's got the right idea, but I miss I miss those core characters. And if, if this second half is meant to be the, was it the authority run? To yeah. give you that branch off, okay, I understand that, but I still need to see the wildcat part. I, I think need- it's losing some steam a little bit because you know it was before you know we, Wildstorm was coming out. They're going to have all these miniseries now. The only one we've had is Wildstorm and Michael Cray. Yeah, That's I know they it. said like every twelve they were going to Michael yeah. Cray was supposed to be like they're supposed to yeah they're supposed to be like two or three during right. this time and they're like we're almost done and Michael Cray what issues do Michael Cray on? We got two left. Two like, left. Ten just came out. And then, but I guess Wildstorm's taking a break. But like, is there another major series coming? Like, like uh, Cash is supposed to get one, and I don't know if he's going to get one now because like, is it going to end before then? Might as well just wait till it's over and then give him a series. Like, yeah. I have a or have a Wildcat series. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. Um, I do like I was saying before. I think Warren Ellis gets a little lost in things. I know I read this interview with him once. I forget which book it is, but like, he did like uh, all this research and like mapped out like a hundred years of like this. Uh, uh, like ships and like he was like mapped out a hundred years of history for this book. And then he was like, I just realized that I can never put this in the comic book. Like I just wasted all my time doing this. And, but I feel like every once in a while he's like, eh, let me put that in. I w- like did that already. So, but it's not like, like Mark Miller did uh, Jupiter's legacy. And he's like, Jupiter's so good. That might be a good story. Or it's not even like um, Greg Rucka when you put out that source book. Yeah. But that's what I think when I, when I read these kind of books and I expect, You've got 50 characters you can choose from, and you choose six or seven. You really focus on them. But then you can still put out that book of Jupiter's Circle, or you can put out the source book going, hey, here's this place where someone lives. Here's you know the 87 paragraphs I have about that thing. So you're still getting that side story. You're still getting that thing to build your world even bigger. I still like this. It just It's not a book that I can read. And be like, all right, I'm going to get through this thing, and it's going to be good. It, it definitely have to be awake and be like, yep. pay attention to each 
piece of dialogue and that works for some people if that's what they want um i know uh i enjoy that with like hickman but for some reason hickman seems a little bit more entertaining when he does that kind of thing but this one just you know it's really technical he doesn't make any excuses and like try to explain it to you it's very technical it's very like realistic and then eventually stuff happens and we're like okay i know what's going on now and right. it's not never it, for at least for me it's never not not enjoyable is that, is that double negative? Um, it's I still enjoy myself while I read it, but also I can see where you guys come from and be like, okay, well, like it's not super exciting. It's not like I'm right. like, oh, get this book. I'm like, oh, it's good. It just seems a change of pace when we had the first twelve issues first 12 rolled yeah. so nicely, and then we're getting into the still same story, at least with um, IO and Skywatch. But we're getting a change of characters on Earth, and it's like, okay, I'm missing, not missing something. But I need to change my focus on we're not getting back into the I'm going to call them the Wildcats team. We're going to stay into this authority thing. We're going to stay into this more political range of, okay, I want to be the engineer and I want to help you guys out. But there's more to fighting these guys than me being in my suit. I need to be more tactical, which is great. I just I don't know. I went into this book expecting it to be Wildcats-esque. It hasn't delivered in the last four issues. Wildcats were in one issue. Recently, uh, when IO came in and killed some, I mean, it wasn't cash and all of them, but it was that's still Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, they're still in this book and they talk about them, but definitely like Grifter and all of them aren't around yeah. and they must be in hiding or something like that. But like you said, I think there's so many threads going on here that it feels weird that this is 24 issues and maybe that's what happened. Maybe all these minis that were supposed to be coming out are like being roped into the main story now, like they yeah. fill you in. And I just feel like there's so many plot points that it's hard to keep track of them a little bit. And you kind of lean to slow down. And I think I had the benefit of trying to catch up to these issues. And that's how I like I knew what was going on. Yeah. But I feel like you, if I read month to month, I'd be like, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, this definitely doesn't read really that great monthly. I think trade, yeah, it's, trade. Ri- it's yeah. written for trade. This is trade. Which is a weird thing for us to say because in the past we've said it picks up from the last issue straight up. It still does, but it's hard to remember from month to month now what right. we're reading. Where in the past it was, you went from an action scene, you opened up at the action scene, and it just brought you right in. Now it's kind of like I jabbered for a little bit, and I'm still going to jabber when you get back in the book, and then I'm going to shoot somebody, and then I'm going to jabber some more. And like, oh, I need, I need pretty, a little bit more action. This scene was pretty cool, though. It wasn't this issue, I don't think, where uh, IO came and attacked the Wildcats, and uh, what's her name? Did that flip over that guy? Zealot? Oh, yeah. Is it the red, yeah. the girl with the white hair? Uh, no. It might have been uh, Jenny. I think she did it. Somebody did it. I don't know who it is. Somebody. There's so many characters in this book, too. I can't keep track. I'm missing my favorite word from this uh, series, and that's explodey. <laughs> uh, yeah. this, was a, this was an eight for me. I'd give it an eight. This is- I'm going to stick with a seven. I think the art propelled it quite a bit. Um, I mean, the story was good, but and I understand more what's going on, but I think if it wasn't for the art being as great as it was this issue and leading the story, which I get, I get, you know, Warren Ellis writes a script and then the artist matches that script. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's just, I think it, this should be that called Wildstorm Presents because if there, I think there needs to be a new press release being like, hey, this is our plan for Wildstorm. We're on year two of this and what the fuck's going on? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what their goal is trying to accomplish in the series anymore. Like, if it's only going to be 24 issues, then why isn't there all these other series out? Issue to almost be ongoing past 24 if if this is going to be your main universe thing. I wonder if they're even going to launch a new universe out of these books anymore. Because if we have, you know, eight issues left, I think it would have been announced by now. Yeah, exactly. Like, or they would, have, they would have at least, like, said something about it. And that's going on a break for the last four, right? No, six. After 18, it's going to go on a break for a little bit. Yeah. And 
Is that to make sure that like all those announcements are in place? I guess I don't know what's going on with this anymore. But just for this book, if we're just talking reviewing this book, it's uh, it's good. First half, great though. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Twelve yeah. up through twelve is good. Yeah. And maybe when you go back and read the whole thing, maybe it's great too. Right. And trade. Which we'll probably end up doing before we read the <laughs> the startup in twenty nineteen. We'll have plenty of time. So. <laughs> They're on Hoopla, so you can read it. So. Yeah. All right. Next we got Coyotes or Coyotes number five, uh, written by Sean Lewis with art by Caitlin Yarsky. Um, issue five. Man, I missed this book. Yeah. So good. <clears throat> I mean, right out the get go, it opens up with the Abuela in red. Um, hanging on the train that we saw in the last issue. Um, basically, their mission has turned into just finding coyotes and murdering them, getting them off the face of the earth. So they're basically, it's kind of like supernatural in yeah. a way. You know, they're just wiping Hunting out. things and saving people. Yep, basically. And so the abuela does tell Red a story because Red is very interested because finally she has gone through so much and she's finally right in front of one of the abuelas and like getting really close with her and is like, can you please just tell me what happened to my sister? Or like what's going on with everything? Like, I don't understand all of this. And then the abuela does a bedtime story, basically explaining the history of how the werewolves and the abuelas fighting came to be, which I still don't understand the whole, I don't know why they have to be grandmas and grandpas fighting werewolves. Well, I, I, the way I read it, it's, only grannies. Yeah, it's only grannies. And that, so Red asks, going, why why don't you just kill these wolves? And Granny goes, or the abuela goes, you don't kill them. We're, we're each other to balance. They right. need to exist. It's like the Jedi and the Sith. And we need to exist. Right. We can't, they, they want to kill us, but we choose not to kill them. Right. We just keep them at bay. We save people from them. Um, I love, I mean, Kaylin Yarsky's art, the story, I mean, Wow. The way that she can tell a story out of smoke, basically, the abuela smoking and out of it. giant-ass stogie. Oh, and the backstory, the mythology, I can totally understand. They walk you through it, and then it's like, wow, that's something I've never seen before. Using famous names like Fenrir and some other like famous werewolf well, names. Fenrir, I say Fenrir is um, Loki's son right. from Norse mythology. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, yeah. I agree, but they're, they're actually using... Things that I could relate, not relate to. I don't obviously don't have a werewolf and I don't have a son who's a werewolf, but like when there's, I think it's four werewolves, so north, south, east, and west type. Yep. That's how it felt at least. Um, God, you know what? I, I missed this book. I'm glad that they brought it yeah. back from their four issue mini run. I was worried when it come back, it came back that I was like, oh, this probably won't be as good. Read it. Nope. No, this it's is not even, even better. better. I yeah. actually thought this was better because now we've, we're past the first arc. We've been introduced to the um, what's the werewolf's name? Seth. Yep. This one. So um, probably one of the hardest things I've read, at least in the last couple weeks, I'm going to jump to the end, is yep. there's the little epilogue of Seth, I believe, is hiding in a cave. Well, well, and it's him right after the last arc. He escaped from the laboratory yep. where they were making coyotes off him. Yeah. Coyotes. No, you're fine. Experimenting yep. on him yep. and taking his flesh. And he's like, all right, it's time to make my own kingdom now because, you know, I've been I've been chained. I've been locked away. Now I got to start anew. And uh, he does find a cave, goes in there, and he gets the living shit yeah. beat, beat out, out of, him, of him, eaten out of him, or whatever it was. By other werewolves. And so the other three, I believe the other yeah. three big majors showed up and go, you failed us. You need to be punished. Right. And so that final page is just him, you know, with his eye kind of closing up because he got beat up. I was like, I feel so bad. Like, I feel bad for this yeah. werewolf when he's not trying to be a bad guy. Right. Or a bad dog. 
Right. He just, yeah, he was just trying to keep his species alive. And yeah, that's kind of terrifying. That's kind of like, you know, when there's an origin of a creature and the actual creatures that created that species like show up and is like, what the fuck did you do to my line? Like we've made this how it's supposed to be and you guys are screwing it up. And and that's what they're mad at him for, right? How could you create these things? Like I didn't create them. They was, I was forced to do this. Right. And so they're disappointed because they want, they want werewolves. They don't want these coyotes. They don't want these abnormalities basically. So that's gonna be kind of cool. Like, especially if we get to (laughs) maybe just werewolf breeding instead of just, instead of coyote. I mean, that would change the name, but, um, and I do love in this book where they change the text to this like scratchy giant text that makes them just seem terrifying. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm like, that is such a good style to instill fear in people reading this book. Ah, uh, it's just very well done. Cause I, I miss, I, I didn't miss this book when it came out and I was like, Oh, four issues in, I'll be so satisfied when it's done. I just, I was so impressed with this issue yeah. that it really made me excited for the next one. And I think a part is that I, I like animals in books. So to find out these other three are going to come into it and I assume be a fairly big part of it. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's a part of me that I hope Seth decides, okay, I got to fuck my brothers over because right. they are horrible to me. Well, I, and, th- I think as the abuela so- showed him mercy in issue four, yeah. that's he's going to be kind of like a Loki basically. So when the wolves come to fight, come and get the abuelas and, Red, he's gonna show up going, I'm on your team. I'm sorry that my brothers are being a dick, but right. let's let's kill them together. Right. And we'll see a Dylan, you son of a bitch on this high file. Anyway. Well, and then also another part of the story we see Red and Abuela, they get there, you know, again, they're hunting coyotes and um they come upon this civilization a right. little like underground town almost. Right. And basically coyotes that are in their human form are being captured. And brought before a tribunal, basically, mean like, what did you do wrong? And if they don't admit what they've done wrong, I mean, basically, they just, like, punish them. Yeah. And there was one point where it was the one that killed Fred's sister, Maria. And he says, oh, I killed a girl named Maria. And Red just loses. She jumps, and she's about to kill him. And then the other girl, like, stops. Yep. Stops her, and she's like, we don't do that here. We don't kill the coyotes. And, and Red's like, are you fucking stupid? Why not? <laughs> and... She's explaining how they're trying to rehabilitate, basically, the coyotes. I think the fun. I think that's the part that maybe makes this book, this issue, better, is that it's not just black and white now. It's not just killing these monsters. They're literally kind of like in Supernatural, the TV show. It's done being you kill everything that's a monster. Not right. all monsters are evil. <laughs> right. These people are at least being like, I did this horrible thing. I feel guilt. I I don't know if they actually necessarily feel guilty, but they're so afraid to be. I'm going to say castrated or killed that I'm going to tell you what you need to hear and what, and I assume what is correct. I assume they're being honest, be like, this is what you want to know. This is what I did. I'm sorry. And here's your pink. And then he, they're given a red or a pink shirt. I don't know. Does that keep them from turning or is that just their red flag or their prison suit going? I'm a bad guy. This is their red letter. I bet letter. you. I bet you because, you know, it seems like these are witches almost. I bet you there's some kind of like. So uh, it seems like a what's coven. The, what's the. What harms werewolves? What's the. Silver? No, not silver. There's a certain flower. Uh, oh, like mountain ash. I bet there's something like that, like interwoven into well, the I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's some kind of. Keep them yeah. Keep human. them from transforming. That's cool. So, yeah, I, I really miss this book. I give it a 10. I read it thinking, again, I told you, went in thinking, I don't know if this is going to be as good as volume one. Read it, 
Holy shit. That was so good. I don't think I can give this issue a nine and be okay with myself. I'd probably have to confess my guilt. Uh, I would give this a 10. This yeah. really was a great issue to read and a great way to get back into the book. Yeah, I'm so excited for issue six now. Who's the writer? Uh, Sean Lewis. Okay. Not sure. I've never, I've, I've, I've never, I've never heard, heard of him before. until I wrote this book. I was just curious because I thought, for some reason in my head, no, that was Moonshine. That was uh, Brian Israel. Brian Israel. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, Coyotes number five. That is a book I need to pick up the first volume, you say? I bet it's out. I think I... I would recommend it. And I say, it, uh, to be fair, Marvin, it's hard for me to gauge whether or not you're going to like this book because I do think first arc, it's good. But I think second arc, much like X2, X-Men United, has the possibility to be an amazing arc, to right. really draw you into this world. Yeah. There we go. Right. It's on there. Perfect. First four issues. Uh, Magic Warrior number three. Yes. Uh, this is uh, yeah. Mark Miller and uh, Olivia Coppel. This is the third of six, the six-issue miniseries, the first of many to come from the Netflix brand of comics. Uh, it says Netflix on it, right? Like yes, they do the whole. The it's, even though it's image, it's like Netflix produced, right? Yep. So I'm reading this issue, right? Uh, so I liked it. It's good. I like the three of them. They were good. The second issue, actually, I like better. But um, I do find it interesting. This book is so cinematic. Like it, I, is. it feels like you're watching a show when you read this book. And it might be Coppell's art. It might be Mark Miller. There's two things in here that I didn't like by Miller. And I was like, all right, come on, guy. But the rest of it, I was like, this is a really cinematic thing. And like, I can see them if Netflix was like, yeah, it's going to be a TV show. I go, no shit. This basically probably was your like concept art and your, yeah, your script. Pitch. This is yeah. the script for the first six episodes. <laughs> so it feels like a TV show. So uh, I actually did really like the end of this uh issue it was brutal <laughs> yeah. I, that's what i mean Holy. i didn't expect that that was hard it was hard that to Venetian look at that. is terrifying yes if he was in front of me i'd run as fast as i could in the other direction what? the thing i like about it is that wouldn't help you you're right <laughs> he'd you, be right behind you yeah you would just take my legs off even though long. this character the father what's his name i don't know old man magic <laughs> moonstone not gabriel Moon. but uh, uh it, it's moonstone yeah, yeah. Uh, father papa moonstone. moonstone papa moonstone <laughs> even though papa like Moon. they've said like he's not the greatest father and stuff like that he was always focused on other things and he had mistresses and that made his wife leave him and all this stuff at the end of the day when it came down to it when he says i know i'm not going to kill you but maybe i can make you weaker one of my sons will, or one of my children will kill you and i thought that was like a great yeah. moment being like he knew at that time it's kind of like obi-wan was like I know I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to make it so that they're going to be stronger against you. Right. And uh, fantastic. That part of it is very cinematic, very like showdown. I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. But then he gets like killed like this. Blood all over the place. Obliterated. But it it didn't even seem like it's it's a kind, quick kill. Not like in Harry Potter where it's uh, Avada Kedavra and you're dead. This was, I'm going to punish you and every little bit of you, I'm just sucking skin right off you. That's what it looked like. Severed limbs, yeah, skin peeling. Yeah, the first shot was like his arm came off and he just was like bleeding to death and they just like kept cutting stuff off and like making it bleed. God. Literally the last page is him as a husk. Yeah. So there's a big blood on the ground and there's goo in the middle with the Venetian just going, look what I did. (laughs) There but in the middle of that, we get the father, Papa yeah. Moon, with Gabrielle, who is the one that has turned his back on this family. And we see why he yeah. turns back on magic because it killed his daughter. She found his wand and she died somehow from it. And now he's like, well, I got to protect my family. And the only way to protect my family is not to be involved in this magic stuff anymore. And his wife has gone crazy to an extent. She's so uh, upset by what had happened that she's just I, she's she's not even the woman she used to be. 
the love and the joy is sucked out of her. She has gray hair too. Like she looks like she's really old. Me. <laughs> but I mean, like she went through a traumatic thing and like she lost all, like you said, it was sucked out of her, all the fun in her life. And uh, this issue definitely like, I like the second issue a lot because it caught us up with that one character that could escape. But this issue kind of was more plot driven. And I do like where the plot's going, except I don't like this villain at all, really. The Madam Albany. Albany. Okay. I feel like, I like you she's kind of corny. She's, she's like Rita cliche. from yeah, Mighty Morphin. It's kind of like yeah, no shit. She's like she's making they're making her so there's no gray to her. It's all like black and white. It's all like she of course she's evil. There's no like yeah. oh maybe she says she even tries to make herself kind of you know, make that gray or being like they told me I could never be trusted and that's why I'm doing all this. But I, I've never seen any instance and like that you could be trusted so like i think that part's supposed to make you feel for her be like oh she's getting revenge and like justified in some way and i'm like no like there's that there's a she enjoys seeing him get killed there's a part later which this is the part i didn't like i just felt it was unnecessary there's a part where he she's just like hey can you turn yourself into something i can fuck and yeah, then, yeah and it's like weird. for what's like a random you with herself it's like a random sex scene for what i that's the part where i was like come on really like you gotta make that netflix material x man well, but I, say, I, I think that's the thing is that it, it you're right it seemed forced where the the shifter could have turned into god could have turned into anybody else well i think it was but the just, only thing that she thinks is yeah. worth her time is herself well i think that was another thing that was like cliche it's like look how evil she is she's yeah. gonna I look at look at she's creepy and dark and it's like yeah. hey, okay I just don't like that character at all. I think the I like Venetian the yeah, yeah, the yeah plays a way better villain. I mean yes he is being led by Albany but I would like to see the twist where he eventually like he kills all these magicians and then turns on her and he's the actual villain. I Going back to that. the stars references, he almost seems like Darth Vader and she's uh, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah, I was thinking right. the weapon. I was thinking she's the general and that's Mr. Joshua. Oh, so we're just wait, I'm just <laughs> I'm just waiting for now. Your reference sucks, Al. Just kidding. What? <laughs> I want Gabriel's going to be um, putting the Venetian in a headlock, and you're going to hear the other brother go, break his fucking neck. Copel's art's Snap. great, though. Like, oh, I, that I, is some of the best art. The coloring, too. Who does the coloring for the book? I think he does the coloring himself. I just looked it up, actually. What book was he doing for DC Comics for a while? Oliver Copel. Well, he, he was, was doing, doing Thor for half a second. He was doing the Unworthy Thor. Yeah, I don't know about only DC. Could do the first two issues there was something of it. I was reading that he did DC. I can't remember. He did Thor back in the day, too, when JMS was on, and he did a couple issues of that, too. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know. He's been around for half a second, right? Yeah, right. uh, he's not like a, he's, he's got people to know, but he's not like a legend. Yeah. Legend. Uh, I think actually he did some secure parts, didn't he? I think he did one of those one issues that he might have started yeah. into. But uh, he's great in this book. He's the perfect person for this book. He's a very cinematic kind of look. The coloring he uses it's kind of muted, and when it needs to be colorful, like more magical stuff is more colorful, and then the real world's kind of muted. I, I like right. how that looks. Kind of reminds you like black magic how they did that. And then at the end, the red of the blood of that page is uh, enough red for me to be like, holy shit, when you see it. And uh, the way it's shown is just. It's grotesque. Yeah, it's grotesque and it really looks great. (laughs) But then again, like I said, there's some Mark Miller stuff that I'm like, hey, hold it back a little bit. Maybe make that character more interesting. And that's the only part of it I can't get into. The rest of it I like, though. (laughs) I like the characters, the good guy characters that are all good. I think it'd be a part of if, if they actually showed her. I realize she's the boss and she's the one telling the Venetian to go do things. But if she literally stepped into the ring, it was like, I will kick your ass. And then she was get shown. Maybe she's the one who stabbed that first magician in the move in the first issue. It's like, okay, you are a monster, but you've sent an even meaner monster to do your dirty right. work. I get that. But you're right. There's nothing that makes me go. You're the boss. 
You're just the one who wears the dumbest outfit. And does anyone else see her mask and think of the motherfucker from Kick-Ass? <laughs> yes, else? there you go. I was like, you look familiar. So maybe that, maybe, hey, maybe that's where she went. I mean, was it this same? issue or last issue? The guy was wearing a Kick-Ass shirt. It was last issue oh. with the soul camera. And that soul camera is fucking terrifying. That is scary. Just take a picture and it steals your soul and then they crushed it up. Oh, God, it's so scary. Yeah. That's the thing, too. Like, there's that issue. That, was it this issue or last one? I remember both back-to-back where he turns the guy to wax. This one. And How's he smashes one? him and he's like, oh, he's, one, it's okay, yeah. she'll bring me back anyways once she gets that book. And they smash him up. That was great too. There's great scenes in this book, and definitely great characters. Except every once in a while, it's just like for what? Like, the that's de- what the death scenes of not important characters <laughs> are the best. Like the first issue, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, the first issue where it's the changing room that just killed him. Then you yeah. write the picture crushed it. Then this one, we turned you into a candle and watched you yeah. melt, smash your face in. <clears throat> it's definitely a good series. I like, enjoyed so far. It's just that villain. I'm like, hey, it could have been somebody that has more layers to them. That just, I think, I think you can tell this is totally being made for TV. It has to be. It's made. going. There's to. no way Netflix doesn't make this show. Yeah, they're going to. 100%. Like, when I was reading it, this issue, I was like, it has to be. Like, like it this feels is such TV plot. It's still in the pacing feels TV. Like they cut to one character, they do a scene. Cut to the next character, they do yeah. a scene. That's TV. Right. Like it feels still TV. Uh, but Copel's art's great, and Mark Miller when he does like those scenes with the father in the back seat, and they're just talking. That's great, and that's what he's good at. Uh, the old Mark Miller, which is like that sex scene, is just like, yeah, come on, guy, like don't yeah. go back to that. We know, you, I know you want to like go back to your kick-ass days, but you're better in your Starlight days. Let's go back to. So that's the thing, Starlight, great. Huck, I thought was great. A little weak on the ending, but great. Uh, Dubber's Legacy, amazing. Yeah, Circle, great. Cir- yeah, Circle, great. So there's things that I know he writes well. You're right. That sex scene just seemed to have nudity for nudity's yeah, sake. Yeah, it was like it was like in the kick-ass days when he's like, oh, let's just be cr- like crazy for being crazy. Yeah. And that's what that character seems like. And I think that's why I don't like her. She seems like, and like you said it perfectly, like it seems like a character from kick-ass. And it's like, yeah. that's what I, I'm almost like, yeah, come on. That person seems out of place in this whole thing. Yep. Uh, it was, uh, I want to say eight. Yeah, I'm Strong eight. eight you know, I'm going to give this one a nine. I the Venetian fixed enough yeah. this book. I'm where, almost there. I'm like, a, where yeah. I'm just like, I if I was to be a crime boss, Venetian would really would be my second in command, or at least my hired gun. He'd be my death. The story. cover also, I don't like the cover. Like that's well, it's, it's, just like, it's just like shocking to be like, oh, what's this? It's right. like, nah, come yeah. on, guy. Yeah. Like, right. almost made me feel weird to read it, <laughs> just in case my wife came down. What are you reading? <laughs> I don't um, know. Is there six naked girls? That scene is never in the book. Or... It's there's only that one sex scene that's unnecessary. That's yeah. why that cover yeah. feels unnecessary. Yeah. And I, it's the old Mark Miller. That's the only reason I can't give it a nine. But but it, that makes I'm that, almost that makes that villain more more two D just because it's like obviously you love yourself. Like yeah, I know that's what I mean. It's all on the nose, being like, hey, this person's evil. They surely likes herself. Right. She's self absorbed. It's like you know shit. You're right. I do hope the Venetian comes back, and I don't want him to be ever good. I want him to be yeah. a badass motherfucker. But I really do want him to go. Okay, I killed everybody else. You gotta die, and then we get to see. Do you Gabriel think he throws in. her into uh, like a uh, over a bridge into? You know, and she flies down like Star Wars. Okay, Alex, what else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna speak for everybody. I think this this is my pick of the week. Um, Batman issue 53. Uh, I think you're Tom King and Lee Weeks on art. Uh, literally, I, I shit you not, the best arc of Batman from Tom King's it run, is. and probably. In the past at least seven years, best Batman run I've read. You know, I thought that maybe this arc would be underappreciated. And because after 50, people might have been like, eh, I don't want to read Batman yeah, no anymore. 50 wasn't that good. Uh, I'm thinking back, I'm looking at less and less. But I still enjoyed it. I know yeah. you guys did. But um, actually, Alex, gave it 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was my week week. <laughs> but uh, I thought it'd go underappreciated. It is like a total change and kind of more of a character study about Bruce. 
and him being Batman than anything else. Uh, but I've been seeing a lot of articles and uh, great. Uh, I, I do. What's the word I'm looking for? I, I like seeing these articles because they're pointing out how great this arc is. I've been seeing like even New York Times. I think I saw an article that was like, this is the best Batman that has been written forever. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, they almost spoiled it too. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And what it like when you learn at the end that Bruce, like he knew he fucked up. So he bribed somebody to be on that jury because he knew he needed to be there in the room to be like, no, Freeze is innocent. Like I messed up as Batman. Let me make it right with as Bruce Wayne. That was a great way to end this thing. Be like, man, like he understood like that's where Bruce is right now. You know, he, he knew he was fucked up after Catwoman left him. He's messed up. He doesn't believe in the Batman anymore. And that scene when he talks about that, like I made this bat so to make sure this never happened to anybody ever again. Like I hid behind this guy and I believed in him so much. He makes sure like he saved me from thinking about my family. And every single time I would always feel like that kind of anxiety coming in and like that, you know, what he felt in that alley he would become the bad and be like, no, I'm going to go out. That was his therapy. And he thought that's what was making him better. And then he realizes now, like, Batman is not God. And I can't put all my faith in that persona and think that's going to solve all my problems. That's not. He's still Bruce Wayne. He's still a person. And when I get angry, Batman makes mistakes. When I have a bad day, I might take it out on the villains a little bit more. And, like, I'm still fallible. And for me to come in this room and... Uh, like, the, look what I've done. Like, this whole city thinks this guy can't do any wrong. That Batman is always right. When Batman is just me. Batman is me in this room, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Batman is just a person, and he's not God, and you have to stop thinking of him in that way. And we can't always, like, assume that he knows what's right, and just because he arrested Friesen that he did it when the evidence shows that he did not. Right. Like, you can't just say, well, Batman says it's right. And that guy, that was such a great scene. I love that scene. Yeah, that is nice that... Bruce just kind of knows that duality of himself, like that he can even see, like, yes, he does live by that one rule, you know, or he has his own motivations, but he knows that if once he gets a second to actually think about it, he can go back and be like, okay, maybe that was fucking too much. Like, maybe I should have backed off a bit. And the character study in this issue alone, I mean, this whole arc has been so incredible. And I think everyone in this room learned a little bit more about Bruce Wayne. I'm just saying I was three. Yes. And other I, people I, know what you, I know what you meant, but then in my brain, you're like, all these people in this room. I thought, there's only fucking three of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say different shit than you guys say, don't I? Uh, but I think we just learned something more about his personality that is definitely new and unlike any Bruce Wayne we've seen before. And we haven't seen Bruce Wayne this much throughout this, I would say throughout his run as much. I mean, yes, Bruce Wayne is Batman, but I mean, seeing Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne this is the most we've seen since Rebirth started. The the we've seen Bruce as Batman in the the leading up to the wedding, and then you get kind of sucked back into actually issue fifty. He doesn't seem as much Bruce. He really does seem as a Batman, even when he's in the Bruce persona. He just kind of stands there looking gloomy. And then you get to this this next arc, and I will admit I was a little weary that Tom King was gonna. I don't know. What's the, I don't know what the right term is. Like, I wanted him to go berserk, and I got it in that first issue. You know, we find out he beat the living piss out of Mr. Freeze. And I think Bruce, what? I didn't say anything. I saw, talking. I saw that bait. The fan. Oh, that, that is nice. It, it is a nice, cool uh, refreshment. I think for me, I needed to see Bruce have that, that excitement of, oh, I'm going to get married. He gets shit on. 
And it only took that one time for him to realize, holy shit, I'm a monster. But even that Bruce, like before 50, when we saw him, it's just Bruce, like when they were at that fair where he would go around, when he was with Clark, like that Bruce was kind of stuck up and kind of confident, like really confident in who he was and confident as a Batman. Even yep. when he was Bruce Wayne, he was still Batman. Yep. And in this issue, he's so vulnerable. He's so uh, lost and just a person. Like it seems like a different person. Well, yeah, and you're right. He, he sees the his failure as the Batman going... Wow, it, you know what? Sometimes death is almost better than beating the piss out of somebody near the brink of death. Maybe I'm. Maybe I need, do need to take a step back. So you finally get that. Uh, can I just say the spoiler? If he decides to tell Alfred, um, bring out the number one or whatever it was that he calls it. Bring me the original suit. The, original the, the OG. Suit. The OG. So Even bring. Me, it's not the OG, OG. Bring me the OG. Well, with the purple gloves. Wants to see the OG. <laughs> Come on. And that, well, that's basically what this new one is, anyways. Is so uh, play off that. <laughs> So we get the new suit at the end of this issue, and like, okay, got their trunks back. We're gonna get yeah, into the Cape Crusader underwear back. The Dark Knight, Meundies. You know, you know what it was. Uh, so in issue fifty, when you remember when he's getting married to Catwoman, he wanted to be in the Batman suit, and he's like, we're gonna get married as Batman and Catwoman, and so like it shows you that he so much believed in that person, and like that's who he was. It was never Bruce Wayne was always the character that he played, and Batman was truly who he was. He thought. That he was getting married as Batman, and Batman was marrying Catwoman. It wasn't Bruce Wayne is marrying Selena Kyle, and now after this, he's realizing like how much he lost himself in that person. Is it healthy? Is it really something that he can rely on? And I think he's finding out no. And I think you're gonna either a this new original Batman is going to be a guy who uh, is going to be more aggressive, or is he going to be more fun? I'm not sure. Like, which way is he going to go? Like, what he's trying to figure out still. What does Batman mean now? And that's what he's going to. That's what the rest is going to be. Is who is Batman? Because I thought I knew who he was, and I didn't know. Like, I thought I knew who he was, and I, <laughs> I thought this guy was like, yeah. Uh, as we talked about a million times, like, there's a God Batman kind of persona, and that's who he thought he was. Like, he thought he couldn't do any wrong. Yes, I know what's right, and you see it in Detective too. Like, he's like, I know I'm better than you guys. I know what's right. Like, I know what we should be doing. And he's always that guy who's always one step ahead. Like, he cannot be wrong. And he realizes that is not true. That's right. not who this guy is. And, there's, you know, there's great little moments in this issue that Tom King put in. And I, when you read them, it's quick. You can go past it if you don't notice it. But if you take your time and you look at it, there are little moments like when he's doing that speech, he walks over to the water machine, gets water, takes a sip, and goes back. Just a little moment to show you that this guy is human. Like, he gets thirsty. Like, he's doing the speech. Obviously, he's going to get a little parched. He's going to go over and get a water. It's a great little moment for Tom King to put in that's not, like, blatant. It's not like, oh, I need some water. He never says that. He just walks over while he's talking, gets a glass of water. And in that moment, I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess if you're having a little speech or, like, talking to people, you're going to need some water. But it makes him more human. And in Mm -hmm. that moment, like, those great little things that Tom King does, especially with this character that kind of, it's been doing since issue one, it's kind of been removing the idea that this person is, you know, Batman. What does he say in Batman Beyond? You need to create a character that drives fear into these people because they believe in fairy tales, right? They believe in this kind of mysterious kind of thing. And that's, he kind of fell into that himself. He thought he was this like infallible, you know, fairy tale monster that was going to do what's right and scare these people into submission and like put them into jail, like to get rid of all this crime. And Tom King throughout these 50s, uh, now 53 issues, has been cutting away that and saying, nah, no, like that one issue, I am suicide when he was, uh, when he was a kid and he tried to commit suicide. It's like, no, this person is in, not infallible. He's a human being. And now we're to a point where Bruce Wayne realizes that. And I think it's fantastic. And I think 
going on to issue 100 because uh, Tom King said he's going to mount for it. It's a hundred issue arc, basically. He said, uh, I think I know like this, the rest of this is going to like redefining who this character is, Batman and F- Bruce Wayne coming to a healthier terms of like dealing with his family's death, dealing with the trauma of drama, but the heartbreak of losing Celia and Kyle and finding himself again and figuring out like, what does it mean to be Batman? And, Am I okay? Am I okay being that person again? My only concern is so for choosing to be, I'm going to say a nicer Batman. Maybe not. Maybe he's going to even be more of a dick than normal with this new suit. At some point in time, a certain big douchey guy from Santa Prisca is going to come up and want to break him in half. Yeah, that again. guy's still around, yeah. And that team, the whatever team he's assembled with, Psycho Pirate and Gotham Girl, are going to come up looking to pick a fight with Batman and Bruce. Does he end up going, and this is just me theorizing, will he end up going back to the Dark Knight and be that ferocious fear in the dark? Or is he going to stay, I'm going to call it the Cape Crusader as the nicer version and come up with a more tactical and polite, not polite, it's not the right word, but a less I'm going to break you Bane. I think I think it's just he's just focused on the fact that he shouldn't lose himself in Batman. He just he shouldn't he still needs to be he here. shouldn't carry himself to be what what Marvin's saying like this god Batman. He needs to you know like with taking out Mister Freeze. There was a million other ways he could have done that that wouldn't have hurt Mister Freeze as bad as he did. That wouldn't have made Bruce feel sick inside. Like there's very tactical way. I mean Batman has always been a tactician. He's been someone that. Like he assesses the situation before going into it. Um, yes, he is. He can get hot headed, and I don't think you're going to lose that. I think this is a refocus. I think this is Bruce being like, I can't do it that way anymore. I have to do it a new way. Not saying he's going to be weaker just because he's letting some emotion, yeah. and it's just more he's going to drive that emotion to make the right decisions. It's like, why couldn't if I could punch you once to knock you out, or I could punch you in the face twelve times and then you can't see again? Yeah. What's the better alternative? I see what you're saying. Yeah. So he's going to fight smarter, not overdo it. Right. Okay. I say. Well, I guess my thought was, I'm thinking, okay, Bane's not going to be a one-punch kind of guy unless no. he cheats and punches him in the crotch. Right. Or breaks it, runs him over with a car. Well, you thinking those uh, those toxin balls won't take that? <laughs> oh, I think Bruce is also realizing, if you look, Alex is wearing a t-shirt today that says the many moods of Batman. Like, that's who he sees as Batman. Like, like it's all the same mood. It's all the angry kind of Batman, and maybe that's not healthy. Maybe that's, yeah. I think that's what he's realizing. Maybe you don't need to be like Superman is as effective, and I think that's what those issues were showing. He loves his wife, and he loves his family. He's having fun with stuff, and he's still a happy guy, and he still is as, as effective as Batman. So maybe it's not okay just to be the angry Batman anymore. Maybe you need to be a little Cape Crusader who's the world's greatest detective, and you, at the end of the day, can hang up your hat and be like, okay, I'm going to go home. Oh. I'm Batman. I don't wear a hat. I wear a cowl. Oh, if I can see Batman smile, like when Dick Grayson was Batman and you saw him smile. I guarantee oh, you, what mirror, on this show, uh, I made the claim that the last arc is going to be called I Am Bruce Wayne. Because the first one was I Am, it was I Am Gotham, I Am Suicide, and I Am Bane, right? Yep. And it keeps doing that. And then I think the last ones are going to be uh, I Am Bruce Batman Wayne. and I Am Bruce Wayne. Uh, I guarantee you the last panel we get from Tom King is him as Batman smiling, like swinging away. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, I'm okay now. I'm Spider-Man. But then again, like we talked about last week, <laughs> next person will reset him and he'll be back. Into the same you know, I, yeah. I think unfortunately we're going to get a hundred issues of Tom King's Batman. And I fear for anybody to write Batman after that's going to be, I realize you, you end up writing the character for yourself. 
But that's, I mean, that's going to be a hard run if Tom King could nail the 100 issue run. I, I, I think Tom King would have this Batman in the Bay. You do whatever the hell you want with this character. He is yours. Guys, we got two to three years before we get there. Let's not, let's not counter chickens for the hatch. This is a 10 for me. Yeah, 10, 100%. Pretty sure Alex has 10 or <clears throat> 10. Uh, someone else in the Bat family. We got Batgirl number 25. And holy shit, lots of writers. So we got written by Margaret Bennett, Mar, I can't ever say the name, Margahed Scott, Margaret. I mean, it's Margaret. Mar- I think it's Margaret. Margaret Scott, Paul Dini, and then art by Dan Panoshin, Paul Pelleiter, Emanuel Lupacino, Tom Derenick, Sean Parsons, Norma Pond, and Ray McCarthy. So this is None of the regular team. Yeah, none of the regular team. Well, Margaret Scott, Margaret Scott is taking over the book yeah. and that artist that she's teaming up with. Because Hope Larson did it originally, was writing the book originally? Yep. Okay. And Margaret Bennett took okay. over for a bit. Um, so this is like an annual, I would say. It's not really, I wouldn't call, I mean, it is an issue, but I don't think it, it doesn't play the normal tropes of an, of an issue. It does play it more like an annual. Yeah. So we get four stories in this. Um, first stories by Margaret Scott, and it has to do a lot with the bat wedding. Um, you know, when the Joker murders an African-American man to, um, and his wife. At their he, wedding. At their wedding, when he doesn't get invited to Batman's wedding. Um, a lot of that after effect takes place in this book where Batgirl finds her place at the funeral, not realizing who's it for. And it turns out it's the mom grieving over her son and son's wife. That's their funeral. Um, and she comes up there because originally Batgirl had saved Dwayne was his name eight months prior and she wanted bad girl went there to pay her respects and she said hey maybe it wasn't a good idea for me to come here and the mom was like no i really appreciate you coming like you gave him eight more months you got him eight more months to be my son eight more months to be alive eight more months that for him to spend with his right. fiance right and that was the thing is that bad girl or bat barbara goes you know i saved him just for him to die yeah but you gave him more life by right. saving him from scarecrow right and so then that's actually how she met him to begin with is that she goes to a school where Scarecrow has attacked and sent out the gas and she gets to the, the room and he had already blocked things off and he takes a swing at her with a pipe and she goes, whoa, bro, I ain't fighting you. And he real, you know, she looks and goes, wow, everything's blocked off. He already shattered a window. They're well, you know, getting out safely and to find out that all that work she did, all that work she had done and all the work he had done was for not when the joker killed him well mom goes that's not your fault right don't blame yourself for something else that some monster did to him mm-hmm. but be appreciative or i'm appreciative to the life you did give him and the life you saved for him right yeah that was really special and that like that gives me a lot of faith in margaret scott to like taking over this book come going forward and there's another story she does in this uh, annual anniversary issue but the next one we get is margaret bennett and it's about her, about Barbara and Dick. like Grayson. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so Batgirl is like, she's exhausted. I think it takes place right after this last part that we just read. I think they try to make it that I, way. I believe it's pretty right. straightforward because it's and, at the same time as cold days because Dick right. Grayson's being Batman. Yeah. Well, and the mom's like, hey, spend time with those that you love because you never know when it's going to be the last day. Yeah. So going into that, then Batgirl's like, 
calls the one person that she would think about that she wants to spend time with. And that's Dick Grayson. She's like, she calls Dick and is like, hey, you got a you got a shoulder I can lean on right now. And Dick's like, for you always, you know. I'm like, god damn, you guys are meant to be. Together. Yeah, I know. I'm. I think I'm at that point where it's like, you guys got to bring them back together. I think they're working towards and, that. And really they have. And, and Nightwing, they're bringing them, you know, they talk back and forth. They're always kind of flirting when they do chat. And in this one, they actually get a night together just to be together. Right. Watching, and it was really good. Watching crappy movies or whatever they're doing. Yeah. That this, I was a little weary about this issue because it wasn't Batgirl. But it's kind of like, you know, reading Batman. It's not Batman. It's Bruce. Right. It's this character that makes the the super so good. Right. Um. So, yeah, they got to console each other, and you could just feel that closeness and that it's just like, you know, they're thinking about what what would be perfect. You know, Dick's thinking about a paradise that he could spend with a girl that he loves, and um, what is, oh, Barbara just wants to watch old movies in bed kind of thing, and they do that. So, and they fall asleep to the sound of, like, an ocean view, like, on the TV, and I was like, oh, man, that's special. That's good. And I hope, I mean, someday, when's that wedding of Dick and Barbara going to happen? It's got to happen. I, I hope that, I hope. You know what? It'd be nice if in the next four years they're like, you know what? We need to get Babs and Dick Grayson together, and don't let them be like, well, I don't want to be Batgirl anymore. I don't want to be Nightwing. You guys just then you can be that dynamic duo. Not Remember only we read home. Convergence and they both teamed yeah. up together. Like that's perfect. Yep. Do it like that. Um, okay, on to the third part, which is actually the lead into Margaret Scott's new series. Um, basically, Barbara does this badass detective work to figure out that grotesque. Killed a bunch. I can't remember that story. Is great because <clears throat> the other two are really good. So the grotesque was from New Fifty Two, and he is kind of like what Muse is from Marvel. Uh, kills people and then poses them for his own <laughs> grotesque right. amusement. Okay. Uh, and I think after he kills this mother, not mother and father, father, man and wife, kills them, leaves them in front of the fireplace, oh, and yeah, writes right. his name grotesque above the fireplace. She hears, Batgirl hears this revving of a, a motorcycle engine. She runs out the door, throws her um, battering Tracker. rope oh, yeah, rope. at him, pulls him, I thought pulls him off the bike, or at least pulls him back towards her. He spins around and headbutts her in the face. Well, at this point in time, she has put a bat tracker on the bike. Right. And, you I mean, it was, you know what the weird thing is? When a character gets punched in the face, it never occurs to me uh, when a nose gets broken. And I right. forgot to look at this issue. Marvin would agree in uh, Gone Killer from Iron Man. Those aliens never learned the perfect headbutt. Yeah. And I, so he breaks her nose and she's got a little bit of blood running. She looks and has this smirk on her face. I'm like, what the hell are you smiling? You just got, you just got the shit kicked out of you a little bit. And it's that she put a tracker on. So later in the next coming issue, I believe it starts in 26, yep. right? It's a new run. We're going to get the, uh, her hunting grotesque. I just want to say though, in that part, I was so impressed by the detective skills that Barbara did to figure <laughs> out like everything that had happened up to that point, that grotesque killed those people. Yeah. That I'm like, yes, you know, because like Batman, we're just starting to get some detective stuff and detective comics. It's more of a team book. So we're not really getting detective work happening. Um, but in this, like, I was like, hell yeah, give me more of that detective. Like that's what the Bat family should be known for is detecting. Like, yep. Detective school, get that shit, find it, find the killer, move on to the next case. So, well, uh, and the one thing that it's not necessarily a bad thing, I, I realize Rebirth is a 
a chance for new readers to get on. And 26 is going to be a jumping on point for you. Uh, she tells you that I've got an eidetic memory. So once I've seen something or once, you know, I've experienced something, it's always in my head. Yeah. So, and so that's, and that's a great thing for her being a detective. She sees things, things that have already gone through her head once before. She can remember going, okay, they're on this prescription or they're this drug. Hey, she left her, her shoes here. Like she didn't put them on before she got up. So something must have happened. You get to the doorway while there's something else that had happened that, the man goes out first. He wants to protect his wife. Well, it, it, it was really good. And it's yeah. nice to see Barbara being a detective and not just this um, college girl going, yay. And, oh, girl. wait, at the end, she's like, time to go back to Gotham. So Barbara's leaving yes. Burnside, baby. Um, <laughs> About time. Yeah, I know. It's like, all right, who, where's Burnside? Um, and then the fourth part I thought was the weakest, and it was Paul Dini's story. About Jervis Tetch's girl, what was her, March Harriet? Yes. Yep. Which I think is a dumb name, first off. Um, but it's Alice Wonderland. It is a character? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Um, and I don't know. It was so boring, so wordy. The art was good, but like to read that story, it, it made me so upset. I was just like, this is too much. And, like, and it was like 10 pages long, too. I think it was to show that... Not it's kind of the thing about not all monsters are bad guys. Not all bad people are bad. Yeah. That the reason that March Harriet went to do this thing was that this rich man killed her girlfriend. And so I just did what I needed to do to get revenge on him. Then to find out that Barbara then captures her. Well, of course, like all Batman rogues, they always get away. Right. <laughs> so it was I mean it was fine. It just it wasn't the it wasn't what I was hoping for. I would have it, expected yeah. a little bit more from it. It brought the hole down. Yeah. So I think the first three parts, I would give a Eight. nine. And then the last part, seven. No, I don't know, six. I did not like it. I'd, I'd give it a seven. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But I do think the art was fairly decent in that, that part. So... Excited for it. Because I know Batgirl's getting a new outfit, too, coming up here. Oh, soon. really? Yeah. They're getting rid of her... She's Veronica going Mars pocket suit. She's it's, going back back to more of that like the black one. suit with the gold. They said they're going for a darker barber. Ooh, so we're oh we're gonna get my favorite kind, the one uh, from New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah. Background number twenty five. That's getting Falls number six. The Wild Storm number uh, sixteen. 16. Uh, the Mild, excuse me. The Mild shoot the Magic Order. Holy shit! Number three. <laughs> Batman number fifty three, and. Uh, Coyotes number five, right? Yep. Pick up those books where you pick up your books. Uh, I don't know where you live, so I don't know what you. I don't know what you. I don't know your life. life. I want to be like I don't know what's around you, so I don't know what you have. Uh, Digital, local comic book store, or if you need to uh, search them and get them online and get them sent to you, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. Supercon 2018, Return of the Con, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Tickets on sale at supercon.com. Alex, we're going to be there doing a show, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to be there on the 28th doing a uh, live show for everyone. What's it going to be called? Wednesday Comics After Dark. Dark. And not only us are going to be there, a lot of people are going to be there. Phil Hester, right, Gary? Yes, Phil Hester, the uh, current artist of Batman Beyond. Uh, He's done other projects like Shipwreck. Um, he's done some Swamp Thing that you may or may not have seen and uh, some Holland Files that came out recently. Not only Phil, Science Steve, Shay Fontana, Tony Fleece, uh, Travis Nye, Midwest, all probably doing a show the 28th. They'll be doing a show that night. That's the main attraction that night. Jill Thompson, Ryan Cody, John Allen, and more. Tom Wynn. 
going to be at supercon.com. Make sure there's a lot going on that weekend. I would say if I am going to tell you any kind of advice, buy that weekend pass. You won't regret it. You got map concert that night also you got wednesday comics after dark and then you got a whole weekend of uh stuff to do people to see supercon.com for more information we're here today to talk about uh a new top five a new top five in it top five top five in a while nope. by the way i am uh, we started the show i'm sick and I took medicine, and I felt better. But for some reason, now that we're getting hotter, I'm fucking losing it, dude. <laughs> oh, I say, it's warm in here. Um, dude, that's when Alex was like, what? When we were talking about Batman, like Marvin turned the fan on me, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so apologies. We always keep it hot in here in the studio. So uh, it keeps us alive or dead. <laughs> so we're going to do a top five today. Top five series that you've been meaning to read. Uh, we're going to do so ones that maybe um, you've never completed and you feel guilty about it or ones that like are on that comic book. The way I look at it this way is that sometimes when we're on the show and I'm like, oh, I haven't read that. I feel like a little bit like a fraud being like, yeah, we're not all experts here. There's some people like that write comics. They go, oh, yeah, I went back and read like they'll go back and do research when they get on Batman. They'll go back and read a lot of Batman. So like they're not experts either. But I, there is a little uh, for me, at least. I feel a little bit guilty sometimes when we talk about things. I'm like, oh, I haven't read that series yet. Like, I really should go back and read it. So that's what this is, top five series that we've been meaning to read. And uh, Garrett, we'll start with you. Number five. Um, my number five is Sandman. Um, luckily, we're doing the first volume for Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People. Proudly presents our book club. Um, to that ass backwards. But that's the first volume is Preludes and Nocturnes. Um, I've always wanted to read that because I literally see every time when I hear anything about Sandman, everyone's like the best Vertigo series of all time, the best, best like limited run series of all time. And I'm like, what is all the commotion behind Sandman? I know people love it left and right. Um, and I know the artist is the same artist from like Arkham Asylum with Grant Morrison. So that's going to be a big hump for me to get over because I, I don't, I don't know that art style for that book didn't really get to me. Neither did that story. It's the only thing my grandma. Yeah, but I'll, I like. but I'll admit that you and I played Arkham Asylum, and you can when you get in when you get into that book, you're like, okay, this has nothing to do with the game. No, it's literally about just Arkham Asylum, right? But yeah, I want to know um, why everyone likes this book so much. I want to enjoy it. Like Neil Gaiman, he's won a bunch of awards for you know writing, so I'm definitely into that. And then maybe over time, if I do ever get to read it, I can see what the new Sandman universe that's coming into the DC Comics will be about. So. That's my number five. Alex? <clears throat> my number five is uh, Chew. So I've, I've, I've actually read the first five issues. But getting into Leviathan and then going to be reading Farmhand all by those, the same team. I mean, they're, Leviathan's by what? John Lehman and what's the... Uh, Farmhand? Gil- yeah, what's Farmhand? What's his name? Rob Guillory. Yeah. Okay. So they each do are both doing a separate book. And I was like, ah, you know what? I want to read this book that Marvin had told me in the past uh, is great, top notch, uh, fine delicatessen right there for you. I want to read this book. I know it's going to have that mystery esque for me. I hear it's hilarious with little nods to other things. It's a book that I just I it needs to be in my repertoire. So it's on my list. It's a fantastic series that shows the evolution of Poyo from. A mere chicken to secret agent Poyo. Um, <laughs> That's why I want to read about chick. <laughs> my number five is, you know, I was trying to figure out like what specifically to call it, but I don't know if there's exactly one volume that's about it. But it's, it's and you understand when I say it here, it's kind of like saying this person's uh, run on this series. 
uh, Denny O'Neill's uh, run on Batman. I hear Grant Morrison talk about it all the time and how in the 70s he went on this run where he was kind of like more like James Bondish and like going around the world and uh, I really want to read that Batman and that I it's hard to find like that story. Like I don't know where that is. I don't even know if there's a trade of it. I know that one of the big famous covers from that run is where it's Neil Adams and him. Um, Joker with that card where Batman's on the card being like thrown across and Batman's like laying back against the the playing card. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that's one by Denny O'Neill's from his And own. I'm hoping that when DC starts this uh online uh streaming service that it's gonna be on there. That's where I'm gonna read it. But it's very hard to read old DC stuff sometimes unless they put out a collection. And right now they're kinda going through Batman, like Golden Age, and now I think they're in Silver Age for Batman. Uh some kind of waiting for them to get there. So but that's something that I've been wanting to read for a while because that's a Batman that I haven't seen. I've seen like the I've read the I've read on uh, Hoopla the Golden Age kind of Batman, uh, more detective-ish kind of guy, and then I've read some of the uh, this Batman here, right here, Smiling Batman, uh, Cape Crusader, as Alex called it, the Batman that's kind of they base '66 off of the Adam West series, and I've read like '80s Batman and beyond, but that '70s is where it eludes me, so I need to read that <clears> Batman. Um, my number four is Invincible by Robert Kirkman. Um, you know, especially with getting Ryan Otley on Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man right now, I would really like to go back and read that whole series. I know they have big compendiums like they do for Walking Dead. I've heard it's a great series, and I think that art by Otley would be something fantastic to be able to see uh, each issue. I, I've always loved the colors. Um, I've always wanted to read this book. And so, yeah, maybe someday I'll get to it and... Yeah, very pumped for it because it's just an, it's an original superhero idea. Uh, Robert Kirkman has been a great storyteller, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in reading that series. Invincible—that's that's a good choice. That's one I would really like to read. Invincible series that because for Christmas we usually give us each other like a trade or something comic related, right? I give your brother the first trade. I know you gave it to him, and I was just like, "Fuck, I would have read this shit." Out. I know. Has he read it? <laughs> no. Yeah, Ask him if you can borrow it. Regift. If it's not Spider-Man. <laughs> Corey says, eh. which is weird because yeah. Invincible. I think he's a lot. That's why like I got Spider-Man it. It was like Spider Man in a different universe, basically. <laughs> so my number four, uh, John Boylan. This is for you. I got Saga of the Swamp Thing. All that, at least the six issue volumes I know that are out. Uh, so when we read it for our last book club entry, I loved that book way more than I thought I would. No, no offense to the Swamp Thing, but uh, when I read it, it reminded me so much of Hellboy. It's like you know what? I need to get me some more green uh, action. I am so down to read this book. You know what? <laughs> um, so anyway, that's on my list. This is a book that I have actually thought about just going, I need to binge buy it and read that. Can show. I make an addendum, a uh, little add on to your suggestion? Uh, that also would be on my list, but I would want to find those issues because when he showed us the difference, I was like, oh, yeah. somebody's getting fucked over reading these tricks. I don't have the money to I know, that's going to be out for that. And I'm all for getting issues. But even I'm like, yeah, this will be easier just to buy the. Uh, yeah. Uh, John Boylan, when are you making uh, Swamp Thing Museum in Sioux Falls? Then we can come look at it. Holy please. shit. I, yes, we'll uh, be there. Uh, my number four is a series that um, I have a couple of trades of, but. And it's been a series. I mean, I like this guy a lot. And uh, I've had, I have a couple of the uh, volumes here, but I don't have the full run. But it's been a series that, like, I try to start that first volume a couple times and, like, I don't know why I can't I can't like get through it. I just want to make a guess. Huh. Scalped. No. No, it's not that. But 
Um, <laughs> it's around the same time. It's uh, Ex Machina by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, okay. Uh, it is a series, and like I've been looking for like a political book, and it's very political. It takes place around 9 11. And it's about like the first, I read the first issue. That's also, all I've it's read. not like the movie called Ex Machina? No. Oh. That's a good movie, though. Hmm. Um, it's in the I first issue. He like is basically a rich guy who can make his own. He makes like a super suit. Iron Man. And uh, in the first issue, he stops the plane from hitting the Twin Towers, and he stops nine eleven. And that's how it starts. Like so, that's the first issue. And I'm almost like, oh, cool. I want to read that, but I've never gotten around to reading it again. I don't know why. That it, does I always sound feel awesome. I always feel super guilty when people talk about Brian K. Vaughn and be like, yeah, X Machina was good. I was like, mm, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know, but like. And he's one. Alex can attest. We talk about Saga all the time, how great it is, and like why I'm not going back and reading this guy's old stuff. No, I'm just saying this as a side, Marvin. There's one book that literally needs to be on this list, or I'm going to cry. We'll get to well, it at we'll the see, end. We'll, we'll get to the end of it, and we'll see if I cry or not. Garrett, what's your number three? Um, my number three is Trinity by Kurt Busiek and Mark Bagley. Um, oh, hey, yeah, it's on, uh, it's on uh, Hoopla. It is all of it. Yeah, damn, dude. Mark Bailey, great artist, but I've heard like, you know, the Trinity never really was a thing for a long time until I've heard this series. I heard Kurt Busiek laying down the group, the groundwork to make them the Trinity, you know, the big three that we always look to, which is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Like, even on some Justice League runs, it's hard to get anyone else in limelight besides those three. Um, but I think that this book would be awesome to read, only if I don't have to deal with the basically the holding other heroes back. I just get to focus on these three, just doing what they do best. And, you know, I think they do have a really big, great bond comparative to the other, um, superheroes. Like remember reading that Wonder Woman annual by Greg Rucka. Yeah. Um, when Superman and Batman and her were at that rock or whatever, I just remember it's been a while, but I remember reading that and being like, yeah, these three like really care for each other. Like they are, the heart of the Justice League. Well, even when you get the Francis Manipool Trinity, the first six issues, yeah, where you know what you can believe that they they actually are a family of three, right? And that's a big shame that that series went the way it did. Yeah. But um, yeah, so definitely want to check that out someday. Um, I'm pumped that it's on Hoopla because that's, that's uh, cool. I need to make it. Oh, uh, it ended up to what I said. <laughs> he lied to Hoopla. you. He lied. It was on there because I never seen the cover. It's not on there anymore. I don't know what happened. Go watch Argo, Marvin. <laughs> Alex, this is a shout out to uh, guest host number one. Marvin and Garrett can both attest to this series being great. Uh, written by one of my least favorite writers, Brian Michael Bendis, Ultimate Spider-Man. I have read. That's That's been the shame of all of us that Alex hasn't I, I The weird thing is that I really, other I mean, obviously not compared to Corey. I love Spider-Man. Like, he is probably one of my favorite characters. And uh, I've only read, I'm going to say, less than 20 issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. What I've read is good. But all I hear from you guys when we do talk about it, and after I get the shit kicked out of me today, I'll probably have to pick it up and start reading it. You know what's going to make it feel worse? You know what's the one mini that I think about in that series? That is like one of the best is the Craven the Hunter mini, and that like that, e- there's little arcs that they put on the edge of each comic, and there's a three issue Craven arc oh, really? in Ultimate Spider-Man. That's amazing. Not it's not the like Volume Three has got Craven and Doctor Octopus. It's actually it's a, se- it's a, a separate thing. Yeah, oh, it's pretty early on. I think it's only in the 30s somewhere. In oh, there. I'll have to read that, dude. Ultimate Spider-Man, <laughs> fucking amazing. So anyway, I I think for me it's one of those things I would like to actually like a Brian Men. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis book, because uh, all I ever have to say about him is, is not nice things. Yeah, but I mean that was the time when his career was flourishing. I'd say, yeah. and um, I, and I know that he's going to write that New Avengers book that are, it, I think it's called New Avengers, right? The one that I the one he did the right? sixty four issues. Yeah. yeah, 
where it's secret invasion and civil war and Luke all that Cage, jazz. Wolverine, yeah. Spider-Man, just Jones. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Well, number uh, three is a book from a creative team, and I think it's the only thing from them that I haven't read. Uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips on Fatal. I have never read it, but I heard it's good. It's over. And I almost so picked up that whole series on eBay. That's the series that I got to get. You oh, like that's that? A, we that's love, one I want to buy. In, I love all their issues. other series. That's the one I skipped over for some reason. I think it was the at the time the supernatural kind of twist on it, and I was like, ah, I don't need that. But the rest of their stuff is so good. It's like, nah, I got to go back and see how that is. Yeah, because they said that during, I think it was between, it was between two series they did Fatal, and they had another one going on at the same time. Um, it's probably during Criminal and between that and the Fade Out, right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, it was, it was definitely before the Fade Out. But yeah, that art style is obviously great, and yeah, it just looks really good. That's something that I need to catch up on, and that is on Hoopla. I just checked. So. That is something I would want to get in issues, because I know those covers would look spectacular. Oh, yeah. Um, number two. My number two almost would have been my number one, but uh, my number two is Emerald Knights, and that that's kind of cheating because it's Green Arrow and Green uh, Lantern teaming up together. Uh, Denny O'Neill wrote it, um, but it's kind of sometimes it's in the Green Lantern book, sometimes it's the Green Arrow book, but there was a saga called Emerald Knights where they teamed up together for about... I don't know, 60, 70 issues. And I've always heard that run is like one of the best, like most fun buddy cop kind of type DC character stories of all time. So that one I definitely want to check out. And I know there's an omnibus out there. Um, I think it's like $100, Mickey Hollis. So uh, someday I'll be reading that. Maybe you know, I got that D- I'm getting that DC online streaming service. So And so for 60 issues, that's not too bad of a price, though. That's true. But I, but, mean, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. If you're going to already be paying for something else, you might as well just read them on there. Well, I'll see if it's going to be on there. but. Yeah. So my number two is Proof. I don't remember who writes it, but I know Riley Rossmo did the art. So when I got this book, uh, that's all it was going to be. So a detective finds uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whatever name you prefer, and he becomes a cop. And so he... Sasquatch becomes a cop? Yeah. And so I have not read any of it. It had a a five-issue mini to wrap it up, and I think it was called Endangered Species. Uh, I'm. I just want to get into this book. I do like that supernatural esque thing. You did I love. Buy it? I did buy it. Oh, cool! And I like detective things. This actually, I used to want to be a cop before I, you know, started settling for something else that I'm doing. This show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I save. <laughs> and so I, I, I just I need to get into it. It's one of those things that once I get done with Sweet Tooth, I think that's going to be on my list to read. Uh, you're gonna yell at me and uh, make fun of me, but what book was that? <laughs> So, uh, proof. Proof. Oh, yeah. Bigfoot. Okay. I heard all of what you said, but I missed the title, and I was like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'll be like, let's figure this thing out. Bigfoot-y. What is it? Yeah. But I haven't heard Marvin's not detected. Bigfooty pajamas. I haven't heard about Proof in forever. Proof is a book that came out a long time ago. Yeah. And I, and I talked about it for a long time, wanting to get it. I got it, just haven't read it. If you ever need... Uh, Who wrote it? The first issue I have it. I forget. Well, I already have the first issue. Oh, I only, I have like a couple issues. I got the whole art. I got the whole run. Oh, I started. Did you miss that too? Yeah, I heard oh, everything you said I except did, for I anything hear that, important. I forgot about it. <laughs> My next one is uh, speaking of the year Jeff Lemire. There's one book in his. I mean, there's probably there's more than that. Sweet Tooth that you talked about before that is on this list, but more than that, Essex County hmm. that he did. Oh, I have heard of that. That one I do want to check out. That too. Is, I've been hearing is a lot like uh, Royal City, and I know people hearing this be like, "Yeah, he's running at Essex County. He loves Jeff Lemire." I know. That's what it pains me every single time that we talk about the year of Jeff Lemire, and I haven't read like his thing that made him uh, popular and got him noticed was Essex County, and it's about basically 
you know, these kids growing up in Canada, it's it's very like personal to him, and it's I, it's a book I've been wanting to read, and they have like a nice collection of it. And it's, there's no reason why I don't have it. The only reasons it's time and me just not getting it. Uh, but uh, that is a book I need to check out, and that's a book I need to get. I just we love Jeff Lemire so, Jeff Lemire so much, and that story seems like the Jeff Lemire I like. So there was a book that came out a couple years ago, and I, maybe I'm wrong. Did Jeff Lemire write Plutonia? Yeah, he did. Okay. Because that's a book I want to read. It's, like it's not on series. this list, but it's something I'd like to read. Yeah, where the kids find the superhero in the woods. I think so. Yeah. Um, mine so. numero uno, and don't cry, guys. Okay, <laughs> I only hear you talk about it like all the time. But Saga, hell yeah, by Fiona Staples and Brian Cave. Can I get a hell yeah? Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to. I was trying to pull an Alex, and I was checking eBay for those issues. Yeah, I'm not spending three hundred bucks, so I'm just getting the trades. But hey, um, uh, get, get the uh, get the library editions. Yeah, I'm gonna get the library editions. But you know, these two rave about this book, and I'm hoping maybe I'm. I would love to get it like get caught up and then read it issue by issue with you guys. But I don't know what I'm going to do with that yet. But, you know, you guys have told me such great things about it. The covers are yeah. really great. And Brian Kavon, you know, I we've read Why the Last Man, one of the best series of all time. And, you know, I've read Paper Girls, which is like, <laughs> oh, yeah, not Marvin. Sorry. You want to know the spoiler at the end? Just kidding. Um, but Paper Girls has been a hit or miss. But uh, I would love to see him on this because, you know, these two got me on Deadly Class that I had never read before, and that was amazing. So I can only think that Saga is going to be well, just... Well, they're going to be I, more okay. than your break. You if if I, I may say so, I would say Saga is overall a better read than Deadly Class. That first year of Deadly Class, amazing. You know that. Right. But Saga overall, it maybe has had eight issues of weakness, and they're still good. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like I've heard this is like one of the best comics out there, so I would like to catch up. And I don't know, it's just my collector brain's like, why would you get it in trades and then get the rest in issues? But I don't know. Do you have uh, any right now? Do I have what? Any of it? No. Uh, they have those big oversized books. Yeah, a lot, that's what we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Library it, editions. You can get like two of them and catch up. I'm say there's, I think you'll get it to 40. The first one's up to like 26 or something. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to yeah. be pretty close. Right. It's just, are you going to be able to read 54 issues in a year? Yeah, I want. You, you, I mean, Alex read them in a, a day, right? Yeah, I read forty-five of them in one day. Crazy. That's how much. I mean, that's how that's great how, this yes. is. Alex, four hundred and fifty like, minutes. Alex was like, "I'm not going Minimum. to sleep until I finish forty-five issues of this." For the record, it took. I started at like six in the morning. Took me until probably almost midnight. I mean, I had to eat and take a break from time to time. I'm not a machine. Yeah, if you took no breaks, seven and a half hours would have taken you. <clears> well, I'm, I'm Each a, one was ten minutes. To be fair, I'm not very. I'm not a quick reader either. Really? I am kind of a dinker around when I read. So yeah, fifteen minutes each. Wow. That's a lot of I'm shit, not a man. Garrett. I just go, Twelve hours. Eighteen yeah, issues. Wow. In that first book. So if it's eighteen per so thirty six is what you could get up to. Thirty six and two and then one more up to fifty. So there'll be three books you can get. To yeah, catch and it'll up. probably come out here soon. They'll, yeah. They'll go back and get fifty, fifty one, fifty two, and fifty three and fifty four. Be rock solid. Alex? My number one is actually a book that I thought Marvin was going to say, and he didn't say it, so I'm okay with that. I have the whole run, one through 60, by, I used to really talk great things about this writer. He writes Thor, and he writes Avengers, which I'm not a fan of, but Jason Aaron wrote Scalped, and I have the whole run, and I've heard such good things about it. I, I, that was a part of it that I, I actually love Native American stories, and I almost, like, I, I always wonder, and I ask my wife when we're driving from, Omaha to Sioux Falls or anywhere around, you know, in the 
rural areas. Like, what did what would this place be like if we didn't show up? If things didn't get built? Would it I, anyway? It just I. This is a book that I had looked for for years. Finally came across it, and I was like, I gotta get this. I gotta get in issues. I love me some Jason Aaron. So that's on the list right after proof. It's right over there, back there. I got the first two volumes. If you want to see what it's about, it's about basically. It's basically the Sopranos on a Native American reservation. That's what it is. Uh, My number one is a book that I have the whole thing of. If it it is literally not this, I may punch you. Yeah, we know what it is. It's uh, a thing I've been wanting to read for a while, and it's... Have he and I both read the whole thing? It's at your fingertips. We know it is. It's uh, BPR... No. Sorry. Why the Last Man yeah, by uh, Oh, thank God. <laughs> Brian Kevon. There's nothing in I should you not. I may have punched you. There's so there's a list of things that I feel guilty about, right? Because everybody feels guilty about something. Well, this, the this up thing, there. Bruce? this thing oh, <laughs> this thing is top five because not only have that I tell you guys to start reading, because I read the first uh, book, those books that came out of it, and I was like, You guys gotta read this thing. And then you both read it before I did. Not only that, then you guys were like, Fuck this guy's never gonna read this. So you bought me the whole thing for Christmas. Still, Still haven't <laughs> read. And when it. was that? Last year or the year before? Last uh, year. Yeah. Because we teamed year. up together. So together. it's almost it's been eight months. Still not having even gotten. Are they even out of the plastic yet? Uh, Dude. Are they even out of the box that we put here, them in? Let me check right here. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah, like you're gonna find them over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I don't think they're out oh, of the plastic. Oh Marvin. They're thrown in the trash. That is one of my favorite series that I've completed of all time. So good. You know what? Actually, I don't know where they're at. I do have it somewhere, but uh, wow, some gift. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I haven't. I don't. Even, I don't think that, I'm. I'm near 100 percent sure they're not out of plastic, and that's what makes me feel. That's guilty okay, but like, I mean, I think you know all those that you've mentioned, dude. Like nothing gets me Jones in reading a book that you guys have read that you're like getting me into. I think you'd feel the same way. Like you're being like, holy shit! Like these guys are right. Like this book wasn't. You know what? I, I'm going to make this right now. The shout out if Marvin hasn't read it is going to be volume five of Why the Last Man will be what we have to read for my our book report. Oh, our book show. Yeah. <laughs> so Marvin has to read all sixty <laughs> issues just to read them. I like Last that volume. idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even that's, read that's all pretty evil. Issues. Same thing like the sender. I caught up 100%. And I know what's going on. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah that's a good choice. Really good choice. Top five <laughs> list. This should have been the top five books I feel guilty about not reading yet. That's what it should be. Yeah. Um, oh, we can call it the guilt trip. But that's the thing about it. And that's the thing, actually, what, what originally was going to be the free talk is that there's so much. And you want to be as a, like a comic book reader. There's a different mentality. I mean, book people do it, too. They collect books, right? Uh, I guess movie people, everybody does it. Everybody, whatever vice you have, whatever hobby you want to get into, there's so much of it, and you want to collect it all. And I had this mentality, and I I admitted this on the show uh, when a comic book was on here around uh, last year, I think, that there's this mentality of being like, oh, I better get all this stuff so that like I can read it one day. And you know, when you get, I mean, I'm not super old, but I'm getting you're getting up there in years. You get to a point where you're like, hey. No, you're old. Maybe maybe it's time to stop collecting and start reading these things. Because whenever I see these books, I hit this thing in my head. I'll see a book and it's be like, I should read that. And be like, no, let's save that. I'm going to wait and read that. Like, I want to, you know, make sure I don't run out of stuff to read. But you'll never run out of stuff to read. And that's the thing. That's the thing I'm, I'm going to have to get over to start reading these books. Is uh, for some reason in my head, I'm like, one day I might run out of stuff to read. So I better keep that 
on the on the back burner. <laughs> it's like, no, <clears throat> come on. I've stopped buying things in bulk like that because I have so much. I, I know that's the thing. I so much. I haven't bought a trade in forever because I'm like, no. Nah, every time I do, I'm like, I got something to read. I can't get that. I think the trades that I buy are generally for the book club. Um, but as I do it right now, when I catch up on, and I know Garrett reads it differently than I do, you would, you'd read your issue, like a current issue you wanted to read, a past issue that you wanted to read, and then you'd read your brothers. But like how I do, I read all my current, like the things I get weekly. And once I'm caught up, I binge read Sweet Tooth or I'll binge read yeah. Scalped or Proof or whatever it will be. And that way I'm getting the full story or I get a full arc in before the next week when I get more books. Right. It's been Wednesday Comics. You can live, leave us a voicemail 605-215-1849. Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com. Leave us an email if that's the way you want to go. And also, if you don't feel like calling that phone number, you can just go ahead and send us an audio file, record it on your phone, and then send it to us. We'll also listen to that way, too, if you want, want to pick up the phone. Uh, at Wednesday Comics, at Alex Pastorello on Twitter, at Karat2188, and at Marvin underscore. So, Guero, find us on Twitter. Follow us and... Uh, Talk to us. Let us know what you feel guilty about not reading yet. Uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. Make sure to like the page and tell your friends to like the page. Share the page. And uh, go ahead and uh, let everybody know about the joy of Wednesday Comics. Let them know also they can subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And you can listen to the show uh, on YouTube also. Yeah, more video stuff to come. Uh, I know we've been wanting to get into it more, and I think... Uh, we're uh, ramping up and, and uh, bringing the show to new levels, so we're looking to do different things. Uh, Supercon 2018, Return of the Cons, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. We'll be there the night of the 28th doing a live show. Make sure you tell everybody to come. The room is going to be packed, and we're going to do a nice show with guests of the show past. We have a nice show lined up for you, and we hope that you're there. Nice. Uh, there's a good possibility. <laughs> I'm saying this now so that way you buy your tickets. Go to supercon.com. It's a good possibility that show will be that show, and it won't be released on this feed. We'll probably record something else for that week. Uh, but there's a good chance be there live, and uh, you want to experience that show. Um, just because logistically, it's going to be hard to record that show. Well. So we'll see. But uh, swampthing.com, You can go there and read the Avatar of the Green, as Alex said before. Uh, Saga the Swamp Thing. He's excited. Got him pumped. Go to rootsofthswampthing.com. You can see stuff from Swamp Thing Pass, a little Swamp Thing trivia. Uh, John is good about finding the nuggets. Every time I'm like, hey, do you know this about Swamp Thing? He's always like, yeah, you know, like he's got it up there. He knows, like, if he shows up in a book, he knows. That guy knows the day before. It boggles my mind how he knows these things. So, Injustice versus He Man, Moss Man, and Swamp Thing. I even sent Boylan, hey, by the way, get this uh, Injustice versus He Man. Masters of the Universe, for those who don't know. He goes, bro, I already got it. Holy <laughs> shit, how'd you know this stuff? He's got a sixth sense for the Swamp Thing. He's got his fingers in the green. He knows. <laughs> yeah, he's hooked up and he uh, can read everything. So, roots of Swamp Make sure to follow him on Twitter at DC World Swampy and on Facebook at facebook.com slash. Roots of Swamp Thing. Uh, what's the last thing here? Book Club. We got a book club, Alec, Garrett? Yeah. Wednesday Comics, League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents Sandman, Preludes and Nocturnes, Volume 1 by Neil Gaiman and three other artists. I always forget that it's your <laughs> turn, so when you get done saying it, I look at Marvin like, oh, what's the, what's the book? Oh, wait, it's you again. Yes. Um, yeah, Sandman. Um, you got until October 4th, I believe, yep. to get it done. Um, and right around then, it's Halloween time. Um, and remember, that Sandman Universe number one just came out. So if you already are a fan of Sandman, uh, don't forget that that just came out. 
Uh, that's the book club book for this quarter. And then after that, uh, on that show, Alex will pick a new one. So if you want to send him a suggestion. You guys know it's already going to be Why the Last Man Volume 5. That would be the biggest mic drop of all time. At Alex Westrello on Twitter, you can send him suggestions if you want to. <laughs> uh, good show, guys. You know, actually, a pretty decent show uh, because Garrett was tired and I'm under the weather. I'm, I'm near dead. I got more energy. I'm feeding off your life forces. Dude, I okay, I'm going to say this right now. Yeah, it's honestly fun. probably one of the best shows I personally feel like I've done. I'm a chatterbox. I got things to say. I'm awake. It's we just not... don't have the energy to tell you to shut the fuck up. Well, that may be Do true. Do you think maybe because we're recording when there's daylight out? Say it's, it, to be fair, we're doing it on a different <laughs> day. Uh, I'm awake. I mean, I've been up since like 4.30 this morning. You know, morning, you're right. But I'm awake. I think you're right. Like, I think I feel like in this show, even though I'm sick, I have more energy because it's not... 10 to like we usually we finish the show it's like 1 a.m yeah what so i'm gonna put it out there for our listeners if you like this garrett alex and marvin send it in let us know because we will do this more often and if you don't we're still gonna do it <laughs> we might still do it more often for our sake uh i am a day walker my name is marvin i am craven the alex i'm just an average joe i'm garrett hey everyone keep trying those pages